This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studio in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit shoptalkpodcaststudio.com. Pink suits with hats to match. Big crocodiles and Cadillacs. You looking for the fattest sacks. This is where it's at. Windows tinted. Seats for lyric line. Keep the hands on the burner. Cause niggas know that it's money on Yo, what up, though? It's your man, Jay Johnson, a.k.a. the tinfoil hat titan, a.k.a. the conspiracy realist, a.k.a. the technology snob, Steve Jobs Jr., don't text him with your green bubbles, a.k.a. I only debate my equals, everybody else I teach, also known as Juice, because all the hoes say, J.U. Ice, young Caesar, because you know you can't roam without me, Mr. If You Don't Like Me, fight me. I got kicked out of Noah's Ark because they couldn't find another animal just like me. A.K.A. the West Side T'Challa, the new leader of Wakanda. Don't debate me, debate your mama. I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. What up? What up, though? And it's your man Dame going wild, the West Side landlord, the pride of PA, high chief Dame don't fuck around, the liquor store legend, the corner store conquistador, your mama's favorite Dame. And the David Ruffin of the Shop Talk Podcast, because you know who the fuck they came to see. Not you, Otis. It's no better than these four letters. Thank God for Dame. And if you're speaking on Dame, you better say it nice. And if you don't put the boss in front, then bitch, you're not saying it right. Let's go. Yo, welcome back. Is this 250? Shop Talk Podcast, episode 250. Wow. On you O's. Wow. Man. Wow, man. That's a long time. And that's a lot of... This is the most consistent thing I've ever done in my life, other than like wake up. What about relationships? It's it's okay. This is safe space. So we've been doing this since what June fifteenth, fourteenth of twenty fifth, twenty sixteen. Uh, 17, 18, 19, 21. No, I had a relationship longer than five years. Okay. It's, it's approaching. <laughs> it's approaching. I mean, uh, like, you know, by the time our, uh, our six year anniversary, cause like the one the moment we was together for like five years, but it wasn't like straight. It was a couple months where we was. You like, always break up when yeah, I'm in between. Yeah, yeah, that's, just, yeah. that's just how the game go. You know, this is the most consistent, um, thing that didn't turn toxic <laughs> <laughs> that I did. 250 weeks in a row, my nigga. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, man. Thanks, thanks for thanks for uh you know, let me tag along in this shit. Hey man, we couldn't do it without you, my brother. This is like this is I always say how this was your idea, man. You just kinda you know, I th- I thought I was doing you a solid one Friday <laughs> <laughs> and now I see you every week. Hey, it is what it is, my brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though I'm allergic to you, you know, we still do this You're shit. You're not sniffling today. I don't uh, hear that shit. Yeah, we, we ain't started yet. <laughs> um how was your week, my brother? Uh week was cool, man. Nothing, nothing popped off this week. It was quiet. It was just quiet. How your health shit been going this week? You know, I'm strong like I was 17 again. Uh-huh. I mean, I feel, <laughs> you know, I feel straight. Me and Macho back on the vegan shit. Okay. For another, I think we're going to do two weeks. But at the end of this shit, yo, I want a steak. I just, my nigga, like, I don't, I don't want like a big twenty-four ounce porterhouse, but I would like you know sixteen to eighteen ounces of steak. I mean, you, you like you didn't fall some life-threatening shit multiple times, and I would just like one steak. That's, I don't know, I don't know if I'm gonna get it, but that's what I want. Yeah, I know. But just fix your, <laughs> fix your mind, man. Just fix your mind. Shit, niggas, you gotta get open heart surgery, motherfucker. Leave the steak possibly, alone. Possibly, possibly. Yeah, I won't, I won't oh, I did, it. I, you know, I did see that surgeon. I think I talked about. I saw that surgeon. Yeah. 
But if I decided, like, if I got to go through with that shit, he not going to do it. Because I don't like that motherfucker. Yeah, well. <laughs> I, I just don't like that nigga. Lay, I don't like his attitude. Lay, lay, lay off on a steak and uh, maybe you won't see that. Nigga, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? But I ain't like his attitude. I ain't like his approach. His office called me this week. And I ain't like their energy. Hey, this is, this is, and if you're going to crack my chest open and, you know, stop my fucking heart and then start the bitch back up like a lawnmower. Nah, man, I, I should at least like like you feel someone <laughs> feel some type of warmth to you. Yeah, I feel you. That nigga ain't giving me the warm and fuzzy, so he ain't going to do it. So, you know, I don't ask um, our listeners for a lot. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to ask y'all for something, though. Uh Go to uh, Dame Gone Wild on Instagram and hashtag on all his pictures, <laughs> no steak. <laughs> hey, you hate it. You're no steak. Hey, man, some things, you know. Are, uh, I just said I just want done. one, but like, I, all right, whatever. You know what whatever, man? man. Lay off. You know what I'm saying? It, it's good for you. Man, just give me a, pe- a good pizza or something. Um, call it a day. Yeah, but anyway, man, this week, man, we got a special guest, man. We'll bring, yeah, yeah. we'll bring my brother Chuck. Special well, guest. we'll bring my brother in. We'll have him introduce himself. How the hell I'm supposed to introduce <laughs> myself after that shit y'all did? <laughs> God damn, man! Did y'all, damn, that shit, damn, that was nice, bro. You went from Doctor Clark to <laughs> Brett the Hitman Hart. Yeah, <laughs> it's man. been a lot of practice. Yeah, yeah. a lot of practice. Shout out to Henry Clark, man. Yeah, man, the great Doctor John Henry Clark. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I ain't you know I ain't nobody special. I'm just here to sit in, and you know these brothers was gracious enough to invite me to sit in on the show. Uh, teach him Chuck. That's my name. Uh, I ain't got no long drawn out intro, but uh, depending on what I have to say throughout the duration of this he may, program, he may get a nickname. Off of <laughs> yeah, I might get a nickname <laughs> off of it, man. Yeah. You know I. You know, follow me on the gram. I, I kind of cringe saying that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like some corny shit to say. But that's all I got, you know, saying. So, yeah. Yo, so man, Chuck. That's what a, it is. Chuck, an interesting move. He an interesting guy, dog. Interesting mind as well. Yeah, uh, man. What happened to the cameras, Jay? You got is there some hidden cameras in this motherfucker? Or? No, I didn't bring them this week. You didn't bring them uh, this week? Well, I got, a, I got a gig tomorrow that everything got to be charged oh, up okay. and ready for. So, I didn't think I was going to be able to get oh, it done. Okay. We want to know something interesting, bro? Well, stop. Then you can go into what you're about to say. You know, I was supposed to come up here last week. Yeah. And, you know, it was kind of last minute. And I was like, nah, bro, next week. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't come last week because it was so last minute and I ain't get a cut. You know, I'm like, man, I can't be on the show with all the cameras and shit looking all bogus. My shit ain't shaved. I ain't got no fresh line. So I was anyway to next week. So waited till next week. I made sure I got into the, got, you know, went to the shop and. You know, got trimmed yeah, and shit, and we ain't even got the up. cameras in no. this bitch. I could have oh. just <laughs> could have rocked one more week. I could have just rocked one more week, man. But anyway, uh, but y'all go ahead. I'm just gonna ride shotgun, man. Y'all do y'all thing, man. We appreciate having you here, man. I, I remember seeing some of the uh, promo clips for the show that you, Rick, and uh, and L have bubbling up, and I was, uh, you know, I know that that Rick got some real strong opinions. I saw the clips, like you got some real strong and poignant. <laughs> views on things so i was i was looking forward to having you know a gentlemanly conversation for sure for sure uh part of my uh intro is uh, i only debate my equals everybody else i teach uh chuck is one of the, the one of the minds where uh that don't necessarily apply <laughs> you know what i'm saying like some people it's like yo i'm not even having a conversation with you chuck got one of those minds where you know he'll 
he'll start quoting, you know, shit. From the, you know, like, I don't know if you guys remember King Louis the Fourteenth, but like in, in 1643, he actually once said, and like, it be on point, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, my Jay Margato, man, I was, uh, one of my, I went live on, on Instagram, and I actually made reference to you when I was ranting on one of my live streams, and I didn't, I didn't, you know, say your name, because I'm like, I'm not going to call a dog out, you know what I'm saying? But it was positive. I was like, yeah, you know, I said, me and my man's Jay, I was like, man, you're a smart dude. You know, he comments, you know, you know, you know, and, and we don't agree on everything. We agree on some things, but we done had our debates. We done had our moments, you know what I'm saying? Because I was, I was uh, trying to uh, sort of uh, ring the alarm bell about, you know, this, uh, this progressive, you know, revolution in the culture. And uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I got a buddy. I said, my homeboy, I'm not going to say his name. I said, you know, I was trying to, you know, warn him about the dangers of the statue toppling. And I and I remember Jay, I remember Jay saying, man, I don't give a fuck about them statues, dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, what? I said, nigga, okay, you might not care now, but you will care eventually because it's not going to stop. Yeah. You know, but, uh, I, yeah, but so my man, Jay, yeah, he, you know, Jay that, Jay that nigga, man, you know what I'm saying? And if, you know, Dame, if y'all, you know, it's your co-host, I know Dame on point too. So like yeah. I said, man, I'm just thankful. And humble and, and gracious at the at the invite. Yeah, man, glad to have you. Glad For sure, you. man. I like to have different conversations and um with different folks, and like we don't always have to agree, but like um when you can understand and respect the opinion of someone else's, and I just be happy when whether I agree with a, another person's opinion, they understand why they think that way. Right. So they they argument isn't based off because. Shit, that's how my mama told me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They know what their opinion is. Mm -hmm. And man, and over time, I mean, time is the best teacher. And time mm -hmm. is the <laughs> time reveals all the answers. It's like, well, shit, mm -hmm. you know, nigga may have been right on this. One. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, yeah. Like, so you gotta admit, sometimes you gotta admit that I take character too. That huh? either I was wrong right. or I literally just was ignorant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And ignorant isn't like it's an opportunity for learning. It's it not it's not always meant in this negative, negative connotation. Way, like right. I just didn't know. Right. Like and sometimes you don't know what you don't know. True that. Um I've had I've definitely had conversations with people and I'm and it's like, don't you you just don't know. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we was going back and forth one time. Well, I'm back and forth, but we was going, he was like, Jay, man. Like you, like I, <laughs> he was like, I can't remember what specific time that yeah. was. We it have probably been a couple of those where I was just like, man, I don't know what Jay, I can't, I, 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 you just don't know, bro. I can't. It is so yeah. funny when you can see the frustration, like genuine frustration, not be like, yo, I think you beneath me, so I'm not gonna have. No, this I always have respect you. for you, man. But it's like, I'm like, well, damn, if a nigga feel that strongly, let me go listen, because yeah. whether I, if I have a debate or an exchange of ideas with somebody, whether I agree with them or not. I'm going to go look at their argument. Um, that's how you check your own argument. For sure. I got it. I mean, one of my strongest beliefs, I believe, right now, uh, uh, shout out to Young Dog who uh, sent us that email. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll go into that at some point. But, like, one of my homeboys asked me a question. I'm like, nigga, what? And I just wanted to prove him wrong so bad that I went and did some research and I, I couldn't I couldn't give him the answer that I that I just knew was right. right. And it kind of fucked me up a little bit. <laughs> and uh so mm. at any event, uh man, it's been a it's been an interesting week. Uh last week we was on here talking about um make it make sense. And um we was talking about this whole I um it seemed like people use science when it's convenient. And then they use emotion when it's convenient. And we was talking about this whole 
man versus woman, gender dysphoria, and um, like the world kind of know it's not real because like when niggas go to prison, they put you in prison with what you yeah. your bio, yeah. so we talked about that last week you know what i'm saying and right then, i did get some feedback about last week's episode go ahead share uh that somebody reached out to me because we talk about we talked about you know uh, a woman becoming like a trans man or people making their transition yeah. and she corrected me in the fact that just because somebody makes their gender transition doesn't mean it changes their sexual preference and uh, that me and you had kind of like not touched on you know, just because I'm touched on that fact, really. Yeah, and is. I was like, you, you, you're absolutely right. Because I, because when, 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 um, Caitlyn Jenner made her transition, you're like, well, I still like women. It was like, <laughs> why'd you do all this? Like, you went from uh, a man who likes women to a woman. Like, you turn, you, you was a man. Now you a lesbian. You still like women. <laughs> so that, that's that's what that was. That's his the terminology. I don't know if that's the terminology. If he a woman now and he like women, it's, it's probably got to be some type of safe word that we we not privy to. <laughs> I just know by English language and definitions. Right. And yeah, shit. the English like, language. And I'm not, the English language is the standard. As well, it should be the standard. And that's not as like trying to be disrespectful, but like if you a woman, right? Like ESPN cover magazine, I'm a woman, and you're a woman who like who dates women. Like I, that's what it is, right? But anyway, I don't know. That's I guess when I say right, it's a it's a literal question mark on there because I don't know what to say no more. Okay, I don't I don't know if there's a term neither. I just don't want to be, you know, I don't want to offend anyone right now. <laughs> uh, so we talked about that, and then you sent me something on Instagram, like I don't know, two days later, um, when that exact same scenario came up, and there was a transgender woman who was in. Um, lockup here in Michigan and was in a cell with a, a man who was a rapist and uh, they asked for him to be in a different cell like yo put me in a different cell and he was not put or well, she was not put in a different cell and uh, she was assault, sexually assaulted Right. Um, and then there was a, a a big to do you know what I'm saying about that because I mean, a human was forcibly raped so um, that's tragic whenever it happens um, but the the conversation arose where like, well, I guess the courts really don't see that as like it like literally what we were talking about because they put you in a man's prison. They did put you in a man's prison, but it's still the prison's responsibility to keep some level of safety. Like yeah. it, there's still human human rights, human decency that still apply even in prison if you. Like there, and there are certain fail safes in place for thing for things like that. If you request to be transferred to a different cell, if you're not a troublemaker, you ain't. You know, you can't go to a different cell just because you want to go into a different cell. No. Now this is not this particular situation. I'm just in in general because you say, "Hey, I want to be in a different cell. I don't feel safe." That's damn near everybody. But that what you're saying is 100 percent true. But that don't got nothing to do with what we. It does. And and she was put into a cell with the nigga that's known for raping. Like you gotta you rapists go in a cell with other people. I know all but, of them do. But like we were saying before we came on air, like niggas that's dangerous or had open type of charges probably need to be like somewhere else. You right. know what I'm saying? So look, Dan. like they still need to be in jail, but like they need to be they should be a higher level, a higher tier. Was they in county or was they like in prison? They was at uh, they was actually 
I, I don't want to. Because, you know, county is just everybody in there. I don't think it was the there. county. I think it was the actual prison. So I want to say this, and it's not, it's not no slight, but see, the conversation that you're having right now and what you're saying, which is factually true, is aside from the point that we was making, right? We attacked that emotional piece because don't nobody want nobody else to get raped. Like, that shit is fucked up. But the point that... Uh, some people are making on that comment or that post. And what I'm making is the courts officially said, since you were born a man, we putting you in a man prison. I'm not saying that you should be unsafe when you get there. You didn't go to the women's prison, even though you identify as a woman. So like at some point the courts be like, yo, all that shit is good for y'all social status. But like in real life, we kind of know that there's a difference and we put you in the prison according to According to that. Now, that don't mean that you should be okay with this person being. But I don't think they will put a transgender man into a, a woman that transitioned into a man inside of a woman's prison. Like they're, That's they're, where they at. Not the, it's just, all right. It just don't. I'm so, No, in real life, I, that's no, no, I, 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 I get it. I, I just guess in certain situations, it. never mind. Because, like, look. The, no, the truth, it. In certain, it it doesn't feel right <laughs> in certain situations. It doesn't feel right, but shit, feelings ain't real. Like, and the fact and the truth are two different things. So, sometimes. what you saying? That you saying it doesn't feel right to have a, a transgendered uh, uh, man in a uh, woman's prison, meaning that a biological one, a biological woman who identifies as a man, should be with the men, or should they be with the women? <sighs> I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. Uh, you know, but Damn. if I if I got to take a hard line on it, fuck mm -hmm. it. They should be in, they should be in the women's prison because they they're mm -hmm. women. Okay, so, all right, all right. Put like this, and it's different. I'm not gonna put a hundred twenty pound woman that you know has made her transition into a man inside a, pris a prison a prison with walls men. with men. Yeah. But like, you know okay. what I'm saying? Because yeah, like she, we, she we two guppy. different animals. Yeah, but let me ask you this. Do you put a 120 pound man in a prison with 350 pound men? Yes. Why? Because yeah. he, he's a man. It's a difference. Yeah. The, the difference is because he's a man? Yeah. Cause right because right now. Because I mean how would you I mean yeah it's some scrawny small dudes out there but I mean, or you want to have a, like a separate kind of uh, prison, whether you're talking about fair to stay for like the lightweights small, and the right, right, the lightweights, right. You go break them up by weight class or. Well, I mean, because but they already break them up by, you know, said level of, of offense and in, 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 uh, criminal uh, records. So that's, how, to that's, put how the violent you, ones that's how you weed them out the, and, yeah. and made the best man, man win. Yeah. So, you know, you throw all the animals into the jungle. You don't give the mice an advantage over the yeah. over the lion. He's they're both they're both forced to survive. Right. You sure you feel that way, man? I'm gonna stand on it. I know okay. you're going. I know you're going somewhere with it, but I'm gonna stand on it. All right. So what you just said was, if it was a trans, a woman that transitioned to a man, and she 120 pounds, you don't think she should go in there, but I, she a man. And then you just told me if you a man and you're 120 pounds, you got to go in there so you don't get no. That's, like, I feel. I I got to stand on it. I, I got to stand on it. You you belong where you genetically belong, and you got to figure. Yeah. And you you get. You got to face the consequences of the jungle that you in. Right. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not saying 
I'm ahead, my bad, Chuck. Time. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm no, not no. saying that like you should get assaulted and raped because that's you know we've already established that fact <laughs> is wrong. But it, you're there, you are there, and you know you you got to protect yourself as best you can. So the transgender woman who was in the men's prison, you feel that same way about her then, right? Because she's genetically a man. She was in there with who she was in there. She's, she in, the, she's in there who's with, with, them, who's with the right, she's supposed right to be with. But, like, come on. you. I'm just saying. Oh, man, you going both sides. No, no, I'm not, I'm not going both sides. But if you have niggas that are dangerous offenders, and this is not like a – like, I understand in the county, it'd be niggas locked up in there for child support to murder. Yeah. You know, they're just trying to figure out where they're going right. or when they might be getting but, out. Mm-hmm. But when you go to prison – I think this was prison. Okay, now, prison is a little bit more of a permanent situation. <laughs> and when you are there, yes, there are ways to kind of tear niggas off. Some niggas are level one prisoners. Non-offenders, you know, it's certain shit. And then when you got the worst of the worst, it's like the shoe is putting niggas in the hole. Like – a nigga that is known for raping shouldn't be in general population. Like that's that's a stronger offense than I'm here doing nine months because I ain't paid my baby mama. I shouldn't have to worry on top of everything else. I got to well, child support niggas is not in prison they're in the county. You're right. So you're right. I'm just that's not gonna happen. All right, because I broke into a CVS. I'm a di- I'm a little bit different of a criminal. Well, we I don't know if if you realize, nigga, that's how the criminal justice system works. You and that bitch with everybody. I'm, yeah, you all you you get lo- you get teared down by how much time you got. So I could be the nigga that was out there and murder a nigga, but when I got five years left, I'm with the niggas who got five years, not strictly based on what my crime was. You get teared down based on how your good behavior, whole everything like that, but how much time I got left. So at yo five year nigga, you get shipped around the state and because some prisons only hold people who got yeah, maximum security and. And, and who got short term. Yeah. And when you get into that term, nigga, you can be a monster, but I only got five years left. I'm probably a calmer. <laughs> I don't know. A calm monster seems like an oxymoron. I'm just, I know how to mask it differently. Chuck, go ahead. Chuck, go ahead. You see, this, this reminds me of something. I, you know, I don't want to like, you know, tip my hand too soon and kind of start going into some of the deeper stuff that, you know, how we can, you know, how we can get. Um, but just listening to the conversation and hearing you guys go back and forth. See, this is what I think a lot of people have to realize, you know, when it comes to just life and reality in general. Right. Because um, we've talked we were talking about this conversation before we started recording, y'all. Yeah. And um, I brought up uh, a, a man by the name of Thomas Sowell. He's a trained economist. Um, but he's more than just an economist. He's an, he's an historian, uh, a philosopher. I mean, you know, the, the, the man is out cold, black man. black man, true legend in the game. He's one of those names that, you know, you, you didn't really hear about much. Um, you know, you probably know who Michael Eric Dyson is and Cornell West and all these other crackpots. I consider them to be crackpots. I'm speaking for myself, not Jay, not Dan. This is me. Um, but you never heard of Thomas Sowell. Thomas Sowell has a has a has a famous saying that he likes to throw around. He says that uh, when it comes to uh, a policy, for example, there are no solutions, only trade offs. Because nothing can be perfect. You, you, You take reality for what it is and you bargain with it and you extract what you can that benefits you in giving back to that thing what it is that you do not want. So you trade in. Bigger problems for smaller problems. The issue of having a small, scrawny guy 
in a, a prison with a bunch of dudes that's been in there. You know what I'm saying? They ain't doing nothing but lifting, eating, you know, right. doing wreck, whatever, whatever. It's like, yeah, it may be unsafe for that, for that hundred, for that small gentleman. You feel what I'm saying? But some things that some things you're just going to have to deal with because when you start talking about biological sex and gender and all this swapping around, that's the sort of progressive mantra. Because the more and more and more you try to perfect, the more and more you spiral down that rabbit hole and all you just create more and more chaos, the more and more you try to perfect. You have to get pick a standard and say, say to yourself, this is the line, here's the standard, and, and here's th this is the line we won't cross. I also talked about when we was talking about time, so um, not to change the subject, y'all, because like I say, I'm riding shotgun, but I also brought up something that Tom sold uh, wrote about in his book. I don't know if y'all, you know, if y'all readers, I'm telling you, you read one book, and I'm, I'm like I say, I'm gonna just tell y'all exactly who I am right now, what I'm all about. I am an ideological conservative, and that's just what it is. Be upfront, upfront, honest with y'all. If you read one book, just one book from Tom, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, it would change your life. That's the only book you need, and you will never lose a debate. With anyone in your life. That's how cold Thomas Sowell is. He said in his book, Intellectuals in Society, that it's funny how the left likes to, because we, we look at, because we talk about how the United States of any developed nation in the world has the largest prison population of any other developed nation in the world. Now, to the left, that's a problem. That's indicative of a society that's sick. I am of the position that a large prison population is indicative of a society that's healthy. I, I won't get off into why I think that, at least not right at this moment. But, but my point in bringing, it, bringing all of this up is, because we're talking about the safety of the inmates, Tom Sowell asserts that what we should consider, and this is something that the left-wing intelligentsia has never considered, because it's their ideas that result in things that are tragic for the people that they claim that they're trying to help, because they use people like guinea pigs. That's what progressives do. That's where we get the whole notion of social science, that there's a rationality to human behavior to the point where we can understand it on a certain level as human beings to where we don't even need to make reference to a supernatural being that orders the universe. We can make order of it. You see what I'm saying? So Tom Sowell say it's funny because they don't want prisons to be built because they think, OK, well, this manifest destiny, right? You build a prison, you got to put people in it. So it's like. All of a sudden, the state is going to start rounding people up because we got to fulfill this mandate. What are you right. saying? No. If we actually built more prisons, that could be a way to keep prisoners a lot safer. You get your own space. You don't have to, you know, you have a bunkmate, a cellmate, things of that nature. So he said this is one of the things that, you know, the left never takes into consideration at all, ever that the things that they promote are actually doing more harm than it is doing good. And maybe we should consider building more prisons and not more prisons and not less. Mm. Hell, what if we build a prison that was this uniquely and strictly for, and I'm not you know, maybe the taxpayers wouldn't agree to it, but I'm saying, what if we built a prison that was just strictly like a transgender prison? Let's build more. I mean, you know, I'm just yeah. not to say that I necessarily would support that. I'm just kind of flailing and throwing out ideas, but I'm saying yeah. Tom Sosa, maybe we should build more prison. So it's just something to, to think about. But, it, you know, it's one of the things that you don't hear people say. But on the flip side, then then does that make prison not as bad of an option? If you know you're not going to be exactly well, you, th that's, three deep in a cell. Well, see, that's, in a the, that's the thing, six. because prison, prison, right, prison, and this is another thing that 
liberals, leftists, they, they like to talk about. And like I say, I use these terms because I'm a political animal. I'm a political creature. So I use these these terms that sort of you find that are synonymous within this sort of political like lexicon. Um, but like you said, you know, like well, the point I was about to make, I almost got lost in my train of thought. People always talk about how there's no rehabilitation in prison. Like, man, the prison, they don't do enough to rehabilitate. That's the problem. It's just, but when you're talking about crime, there are certain levels and certain tiers, certain things have to be addressed. When you are punished for a crime, it's not only about rehabilitation. You are actually there also to be punished. Facts. You see what I'm saying? Rehabilitation is something that is an individual decision that you as the individual has have to make in order to sort of to make the best of that situation, yeah, put forward to work and make the best out of that situation so that Gosh, you can yeah. become a better person if that's what you want to do. But not everybody wants to do that. You see what I'm saying? But you, you made an excellent point, Dame. It's just like, man, well... We do as human beings, even if you are a criminal, we, we don't, you know, cruel and unusual punishment, all of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? It, the evolution of Western thought, we have, have, uh, have, have shunned those kind of things. But at the same time, there's only so much compassion that you're going to get, right, from people outside of that particular culture towards the, 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 uh, the, high, the, you know, the low spots, you know, like, being a, of, of being a criminal. Like socially, Yep. Isn't the danger of prison what keeps people from not oh, wanting to go to jail? It's, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like that's yo, part of it. Mm -hmm. So if everybody who went to prison, ain't me no country club. I'm not trying to advocate. One, I don't like the fact that people can be enslaved, but I also don't like the fact that you around here killing niggas and raping people and, and doing wild shit, right? Mm -hmm. So if you in prison, if everybody who went to prison came out exactly the same way that they went in, there was no physical threat of harm or danger or anything. Like, I don't think niggas would care about going. Right. right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go in this motherfucker. about to be a cakewalk. Right. I'll be, right. I'll see you right. in two to five. Right. I know I'm going to go in there. I'm going to talk mm -hmm. as much shit as I want. I'm going to say, I'm going to cuss out and spit on the mm -hmm. CEOs. They can't touch me. They ain't going to do shit. Um, anybody who get in my face, I'm going to do what I want. Cause there's not going to be a physical danger or consequence. Niggas wouldn't give a fuck right. about going to prison. But see, but see, that's, that's the point that I'm trying to make. And I'm trolling people who are of that particular belief because they don't even realize the you know the, the policies or whatever the things that they may be in favor of may be doing more harm than it's doing good because like I say to your point Jay if we turn you know we worried about the safety of prisoners you know what I'm saying and we turn prison into you know like some little college you know campus. some college campus getaway then what it, there, there has to be prison the punishment it has to be a deterrent for crime you understand what I'm saying and so is 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 and and that's why we sort of find ourselves in the situation that we find ourselves in right now due to what is called this progressive approach to crime or what they even call things like criminal justice even the word criminal justice in my opinion not to simplify overly simplify but the term criminal justice to me when I hear it and I process it it sounds a bit like an oxymoron because justice is not supposed to be for the criminal justice is for the victim hmm. not the criminal but that's what happens when when the when when those who are politically left leaning they sympathize with the criminal. Why? Because they don't view the actions of the individual to be solely the fault of the individual. They primarily blame external structures because external structures are what drives a person to do things that we would typically consider to be immoral. So if we can fix society, we wouldn't need, you know, we wouldn't have any criminals. But what people on the left don't realize is that there is no way to create a perfect society because we as human beings are born imperfect and we make the society. So. Mm. So I guess in that in that in that instance, um, that's one of those trade offs 
where you give back something that you Mm -hmm. don't want and take back something that you do want, but they both Mm -hmm. problems. They're both problems. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, people, you know, and and speaking about that perfect society, I mean, people still have free will and as great as you might make things, people are still going to do what the fuck they they want to do. do. That's, that's, that's a conservative position. And unfortunately, like it may be very bad, but like a deterrent to keep people out of prison Mm -hmm. is that, you know, you can be viciously assaulted. assaulted. (laughs) I mean, if, You know, you take your chances out on the streets, but I mean, they, you probably worsening your chances in Jackson for four years. For sure. I wonder why, and I say I wonder why as in like a kind of rhetorical, um, yo, this not to be dismissive, but this to be dead ass serious. Like people get violently beat and assaulted in prisons every single day across the state. Forget the country, right. across the state, in the counties, whatever. And it's really, it's fucked up conditions in there. Um, I hate to be the all lives matter nigga, but like, why don't y'all care about that shit on a daily basis? Like, why is it only... They they know they're going to have different eyes on their back for when it's... What your cousin is there. Your brother may be there. Your uncles or whatever. Like, people that you... your Your cousin isn't a hot button topic. So, I mean... No, that's important to you and your grandma, but no, people don't care about that on the six o'clock news. Yeah, I don't think they care at all because it's the virtue signaling. Because if you care, then you would care about everything and not just what's popping or not just the, the, the political hotbed. Like, OK, LBGTQIA, they is that's what's important now. So anything that's attached to that is what we're going to care about you and yo, yo, Black Lives Matter, that shit don't matter no more. Or that shit don't matter. We're going to talk about this. And that's not to discourage that that group because that group stands up for themselves. Cool, cool, cool. But like, we got to act like it all matters, right? Yeah. All, 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 all lives matter. <laughs> uh, I'm fucking with you. All issues. Right. Maybe all issues. Yeah, all issues matter. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, all people, all people matter, you know what I'm saying, in, in some form or another. But, you know, I just, for me, I mean, the people that matter the most to me are the people that I uh, have sort of like a, a, a value system in kind with, you know, uh, your genitalia, your sexual orientation, your skin color. I mean, it means absolutely nothing to a person like me, because to me, what defines a community is, um, you know, where they store their uh, values. I, I, I hear a lot of people say things. Like I don't, I don't want to take the conversation in too, too yeah, much into no, no, to, 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 uh, party politics or whatever. I, you know, um, are but, we going there? Though? Are we okay? All right, all right. Like I said, I'm riding shotgun. I'm going where y'all want to go. But you know, y'all, I hear y'all say something, it kind of uh, trigger a thought in my head. Um, but uh, damn, bro, what the fuck? What, what, what the fuck was we just talking about? Um, everybody fronting like they care. They don't really care. Um. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want to say. So people be saying shit like, "Yo, man, I don't give a fuck about none of these politicians because ain't none of them motherfuckers gonna do nothing for the black community. Or what, or what is so and so gonna do for the black community?" People who talk like that, bro, it just it just send chills up my. I can't stand it, bro, because that lets me know right there that you, I, you you're not on that you're not on that level yet where you can you know properly sort of you know understand you know what's going on around you because I. I don't really understand what this black community shit is. <laughs> I really don't, bro. Like I'm saying, bro, like I don't I, I, listen. 
as a conservative, here's here's what I believe. Here, here's what we think over here, you know, and what in, 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 in the conservative ecosystem is that every single solitary life has its own intrinsic value. I don't know if you know the next. I mean, I don't know where the next Steve Jobs is coming from. You know, what I'm saying that that may be Jay. That may maybe you. I, you know, I don't know. We don't know. You understand what I'm saying? Like, we we, we just you know we just don't know. So everybody has their own unique skills and talents and wants and dreams and ambitions, right? Yeah. And there's a black person somewhere halfway across the country who I don't know. I don't know if we got a single thing in common. So how in the fuck are we a part of this community? Because if a politician has the ability to to, to do something and force, you know, uh, uh, we, the citizenry, to behave in a certain way or else we will find ourselves on the wrong side of the law, well then... How can I be sure that whatever it is that that uh, uh, a random politician will, you know, whatever that, but whatever whatever that politician may do, how do I know that that thing is going to be mutual, mutually beneficial to me and some other nigga halfway across the country that I don't even know? Because I don't know what he want. I don't know what he want to be. I don't know what his ambitions are. How is me and this motherfucker in the same community? What the fuck does that even mean? Are you talking about urban America where a large, means it geographical? Is it merely skin color? I don't even understand what that shit mean. So me personally, I don't even talk like that. If you start coming at me talking that black community shit, no disrespect to anybody, and I know mentally, you're a novice. You're a novice. I get that. Um, because like we say it almost for a synonym for like, I think when every, every time somebody say the black community, I'm I'm fairly sure that they all talking about something different. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Because when I'm like, man, what you gonna do for my community? I literally may be talking about Jerry Road. Right. Like right. I'm literally I literally may be talking about the city of Detroit, niggas who live on the west side, who went to Cody, Refford, and and McKenzie. Like they got a, a collective brain trust. Mm. But what me and Dame talk about and what you touched on is the free will portion, mm. and like we kind of disregard everybody's free will and we quick to say black people are not monolithic um we individuals and then we would say the way that i feel specifically is what the whole black community feels Mm -hmm. and you and me or you and insert person over there probably got two totally different political so you Mm -hmm. you conservative right right? or you're 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 ideologically more conservative and versus somebody who was really really to the right y'all don't look y'all don't how do you if y'all live in the same matter of fact, we come from the same and we went to the same high school, not at the same time, but we was. So how do we say what suits our community better or best when both of us, not me specifically, but two people went to the same high school group in the same neighborhood, have two different political ideologies. How does one plan help both of them? Well, I think, you know, and, and this is sort of where you kind of have the, because, you know, we have to have an open you know, free and open space where we can exchange ideas. One of the things that, you know, because I, I, I do, for example, believe in things like change and progression, you know, not in the in the in the uh, sort of philosophical sense. We talk, when we start talking about the doctrine of progressivism, we might talk about that later on. Um, but one of the things that did emerge from the Enlightenment period was this notion of the individual, the individual rights has primacy over that of the state or of that of the collective. 
So as long as you and I, you know, mutually agree that there is a certain line, a certain space, and I have to respect your right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that is something that you and I can both sort of gather around. When, when, when we start talking about the black community and when you said, you know, man, you know, when like I'm, I'm black and, you know, I speak for all of us. Now we're starting to talk about the origin of the way of, of, of this sort of thought process. Now we start talking about Marxism. I don't know if, you know, we, I wanted uh, you to get into I don't know that. if we want to go, you know. I, like, I specifically wanted you to explain mm-hmm. who Karl Marx is, what Marxism is, and how that kind of connects itself to um, the left or okay. technically the right. Okay. It, can you can you break that down in um in uh, Detroit uh, terminology? <laughs> Detroit terminology. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna try, bro. Like I said, you know, what I'm saying I, I know that the point of as a communicator, I know, you know, my point is to say things in a way that's palatable, right? See so that you can understand. But I'm not gonna talk down to nobody. Either. I'm not gonna condescend and assume that people who hear what I'm about to say don't understand. So I'm gonna just you know try to yeah. let, let it flow. Put your flavor um, on. Man. So, who 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 was Karl Marx? Or you know. Um, <clears throat> as far as the sort of autobiographical information as it pertains to Marx, I mean, Marx was, um, you know, he, he, he came from, you know, modest beginnings. Uh, you know, he wasn't extremely poor or anything like that. He did marry, uh, into wealth. Um, but aside from, you know, I mean, cause he, you know, he did a lot of, uh, you know, terrible things, you know, as a, as a person, but, um, as far as, you know, what Marxism is and, and the things that he talked about, the things that he wrote about, um, Marx, Marx, Marx's theories piggybacked off of another German slash Austrian philosopher by the name of Friedrich Hegel. Now, uh, I don't know if you ever heard the term the Hegelian dialectic. I've heard you say it before. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but as uh, uh, shit, the late prodigy of Mob Deep, when his, I think his last uh, uh, solo album was called The Hegelian Dialectic before he passed away. But um, uh, Hegel believed in this idea. So dang, I guess I got to go here and if I, unless I really, if, in order for me to really, really, really bring it home. We got time. Well, we got time. All right, bet it. So I'm going to go from Charles Darwin to Hegel to Marx. You know, Charles Darwin, you know, had this theory of natural selection, right? People often say survival of the fittest, but there was another sociologist named Eric Erickson that coined that term. It was Darwin who coined the term natural selection, right? And so what ended up happening was those who were, I guess, considered themselves to be experts in the liberal arts, or what we call the soft sciences, they borrowed Charles Darwin's methodology. So Charles Darwin took this approach that, well, if if the environment is ever-changing, Organic species have to evolve to keep up with the environment or else they won't survive. Okay. So liberal scholars began to say, when I say liberal scholars, I'm talking, and this is sort of when, when, when this was around the time we're talking, uh, maybe like the early to mid 1800s when they began to say, wow, if biology is evolutionary, then society is evolutionary. So if organic species are perfecting themselves constantly, right, and in, in this attempt to stay alive to keep up with with the, with the changing times, then society must do the same thing, right? And Hegel said, "Well, how does this happen? Because if you when we're talking about the animal kingdom, there's conflict in the animal kingdom, right? Right. And only the strong survive, right? So Hegel said, "Well, how do we import that idea over to?" society as a whole and this is where you get the term social science from because they believe that well scientifically we can take man and 
sort of maneuver him toward a state of perfection better than where he is right now and what's the best way to get him there the best way to get him there is through what hegel called the hegelian dialectic so for example it's, it's three phases to it it's a thesis it's called thesis antithesis synthesis it's like a dialogue right we use the term well you know we could disagree to disagree we, we may agree on some things but you move me a little closer towards you right and i moved you a little closer towards me right and so that's kind of where you know where it went and so Marx would come along later and he would apply Hegel's, Hegel's methodology to what he considered to be economics. And that became known as material dialecticism. And how you drive society forward, you drive society forward not through dialogue and an exchange of ideas, you drive society forward through conflict. So two sides come together, only the strong survive, eliminate the weak, you got that. You, know, you have what's left. And then so on and so forth. And then it just goes. It goes. So conflict, according to Marx, is what moves society forward. But Marx, he had, you know, like I said, I called it material dialecticism because Marx believed that the material or one's acquisition of material goods is was, was pretty much man's obsession in life. It's his pursuit of material comfort. And the more and more comfortable you became, you know, and, and you know, it, 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 this dichotomy began to grow between what he would coin the bourgeoisie and the proletariat. All right. And so, you know, eventually Marx believed that th that that capitalism as a as, as a system, you know, would eventually sort of collapse under the weight of his own contradictions. And so that's that's pretty much, you know, sort of sort of like the, the, the Marxist sort of doctrine in a nutshell, because it, 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 it lends itself to when we was talking about the transgender thing, we were talking about all that stuff earlier. I mean, it, it's just so much that I could say about about Marx, you know, because this shit is it's you can fuck around. You have a college semester's worth of information to learn about him. You know, we don't have that kind of time. Um, but one of the things that Marx in order for there to be a proletariat revolution, Marx postulated that the people who were exploited by the owners of the means of production, which were the bourgeoisie, would have to um, come to this point of what he called class consciousness. All other forms of all other identity markers were fault were, were were examples of false consciousness in order in, 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 uh, in the opinion in the opinion of Karl Marx. And one of the first things that Marx talked about in order for us to bring forth this revolution is we have to do away with the family because men and women aren't they, they I don't even know if Karl Marx would acknowledge sex and gender because he necessarily he, I don't, from my knowledge he never even wrote about sex and gender explicitly but if you see yourself Jay as not only a, a guy who owns his own podcast studio but you see yourself as a friend you see yourself as somebody's father you see yourself as somebody's brother as somebody's friend, so on and so forth. That, according to Karl Marx, is what distracted you from the real, right, thing that you should be focused on, and that's your position as an exploited worker. This is where we get the term woke today. It's a leftist term that originates within the Marxian uh, 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 doctrine because there was supposed to be this class consciousness, this class awakening, and if you didn't see yourself as an oppressed, exploited worker, then you were 
exhibiting what Karl Marx referred to as class consciousness. So from his viewpoint is like, yo, we need the lower class to be mad at the higher class and create a conflict and conflict is what's going to push everybody Mm -hmm. forward. Yep. And and, and because once, once the, once the owners of the means of production is, you know, is the, is the the long term, pretty much the owner of the means of production is the motherfucker that own the business that you work for. If you got a nine to five. All right. Now, you know, Karl Marx believed that, you know, what would lead towards this utopian society, because you see, one of the things, and this is the thing that you hear from coming out, come out the mouths of a lot of people who are politically left wing. One of the things that they always rail against, they always rail against inequality. But what they don't understand is inequality is a reflection of natural law. Because you as an individual, Jay, have the right to acquire as much property as you like. And I don't have the right, the right to infringe upon it. I can't take it without your consent. Right. Right. So inequality is, it is an inevitability if you want freedom. To Marx, inequality was, is something that man should not bear because everyone should be able to access the same amount of things. Because if you can't, well, that's just not fair. Well, who the fuck says life's supposed to be? What is that? Well, that's unnatural because like I'm born stronger than you. Exactly. So I'm going to be able to lift more than you and we're not going to be we're not going to be equal. It's, it's, I don't know if it's fair that I can lift 275 and you may only be able to lift 180. Yep. So 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 wherever you find that kind of asymmetrical power distribution or asymmetrical economic dis- distribution, Marx believed that inequality was always the result of exploitation. Not, well, Jay, you just was able to acquire more profit and more wealth because you were just smarter than everybody. You didn't steal it. How about you created a good or a service out of whole cloth that prior to you inventing it didn't exist? Like maybe a microphone or maybe a computer. Or Amazon. Or Amazon. Or maybe an automobile. You understand what I'm saying? So Marx believed that, and this is where we get the term, you know, Socialism, the word communism wouldn't come about till after 1976, the 1917 Bolshevik Revolution. But socialism is this idea that everything should be owned communally and no one should have more than anybody else. Now, it's, it's an alluring idea when you hear it. It's like, oh, OK, well, then we all can eat. We can all do that. But. Is, is that really man's nature? Do I don't even like I say? Do do you want to be? Like, no, there, there's there's no incentive to push things forward. Push if, things if forward. Everybody is just is, exactly happy how we all are. Exactly. We all have just enough, right? Because what if you what if you got an idea and you like, man, I'm sick and tired of riding these motherfucking horses, man. Or I don't want to share with or, them. I don't, don't, don't want to be communal with them. I want to have my own. And that's and why. And what can I do to get my own? Exactly, exactly. And so when we start talking about. This black community, this blackness thing. Now, like I say, I, I'm trying to like be as 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 cohesive and concise as I possibly can. Just to like fast forward, what ended up happening was, and I can kind of fill in the gaps if you like. But what ended up happening was, by the time you know the 20th century, early 20th century, we're talking right around World War One, World War Two, toward the end of World War Two. This idea they they came up with this idea that Marx was partially right. But what he didn't get completely right or what he got wrong was he didn't realize that not only was not only could you divide society along what he called considered class lines, but you can divide them along racial lines. Also, you can divide them along gender lines also. So Marxists believe in creating division wherever they can find it. That's the Hegelian dialectic and causing that division. You 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 you. 
you identify and you contradict and you eliminate the middle. And so that became You gotta pick a side. Yeah. Either you pro LGBT mm-hmm. or you homophobic. Right. Exactly. There's no indif- you can't be indifferent because if you're indifferent, that means you don't care right. and you're wrong. Right. Um you can't say I don't care what you do with your body, it's your right. body. It's no pick a side and we're gonna pick one for you. Right. And but, if yeah. you don't like what we pick for you, it creates a conflict. Yeah. And now Yep. And so and and you know, this this term, this term, and I might be all over the place enough. I am, yeah, I'm sorry. Like I say, just fill in the gap so you go you get some free time. Just Google some shit. I don't know. But uh, you know, like I say, Marx with Marx Marx is the one who coined the term capitalism. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, there's only two ways to skin this economic cat. You can allow people to have their markets and their and their and their planners, right? Capitalism is this, and people always talk about, man, you know, you had these debates about capitalism, all oh, inequality, exploitation, and this, that, and the third. Capitalism is, is this, this one thing. Capitalism isn't an economic system. It's, it is an expression of, of, of natural law. It's natural law in practice, meaning my man's dame, like it's simple. We, I think we, we, we hinted on it. It's like this. Your, your, whatever goes on in between your ears and your brain and your mind, whatever that you can produce, right, as a result of that which you were either born with or the skills that you cultivate within your finite lifetime, those things belong to you. And if I want a part of what it is that you produce, I have to give you something of equal value that you and I both mutually agree upon because I don't have to take what doesn't belong to me. That's what capitalism is. It's really that simple. You, you, don't, you don't need to be some fancy-ass economist. You don't need to have no PhD in order to understand what the fuck is capitalism. Now, the, op, the, 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 uh, the opposite of that is what we call socialism or we call planning or interventionism. Interventionism is saying, man, I, I produce, like I said, I produce this water, right? I'm about to charge my man, damn, I'm going to charge you $5 for it. Now, you may pay $5 for it. You could be like, man, damn. Gucci. I really need some water, dog, but damn, man, I ain't trying to pay $5 for that shit. But if you want it, you got to pay $5 for it. Jay come in as a bureaucrat or as a government official or as a dictator, like say a Fidel Castro or Joseph Stalin, he comes in and says, you can't sell that to him for $5. You have to make that available to the federal government at a price that I preordain. So I would have to sell my water to Dame. All the water that I produce, I sell to him at a fixed price that he dictates, and then he passes it out to everybody. But I am not in the business to make profit any longer. I'm in the business to supply my intellectual property to everybody else at a rate that's not going to benefit me. Right. And if it doesn't benefit me, then guess what? The hell for Why am I going to put forth the energy to produce something that's not going to bring me profit? I just won't do it. So that's like... So... Today, like federal fifteen dollars an hour minimum wage got shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw some videos from Tom Sowell. Um, so this week about his old clips about him in the fifteen. I mean, in, in minimum wage, the whole nine yards. Um, Republicans keep striking down free health care. Um, is this a part of that? Um. Uh. Absolutely. You know. You know. The, the minimum wage is an example of, uh. You know what's called. Uh, you know economic. Uh, economic interventionism. Um. You're coming in and you, because see here's the thing, bro. And here's what people do. 
whether it's the oppression narrative that white's oppressing everybody or whether it's the class narrative, people have this misconception about people who are in business. First of all, the majority of people, business owners in this country are small time businesses, small entrepreneurs. Everybody's not Jeff Bezos. People have the it's so what the left does is they promote through their propaganda this this vibe, this feeling of class conflict. So where people feel like business owners just sitting back with their feet up like the fucking monopoly guy talking, about, oh, I got all this money and you can't have it. That's not true. Because the people who go into business are the ones that got really got skin in the game because they're the risk takers because they're the ones that's making the investment. It's something that may work or it may not work. You feel over, what I'm saying? Over thirty point two million small businesses in the country. Yep. And, and 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 they are the ones who employ uh, the majority. The majority of the, the workers, majority are, of the workers. Are, yep. are employed and, by a small and, business. And, and the reality is you cannot bolster an economy because a, a government cannot set prices. Even like your 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 labor. When, when you talk about price, I ain't just talking about shit you go and buy. Your labor has a price. Right. You know what I'm saying? Your employer pays a price for your labor. So the government does not, well, they, they have been doing it. They shouldn't be doing it. That's the point that, I, the point that I'm making. They fucking shit up. Because you can't come in and put a price on my fucking labor and tell Dame he got to pay me what you want him to pay me. Like, yo, Jay, um, you got to cut your uh, the rates for your studio time in half because we want more people to be in, po- in podcasting. So Exactly. Because it's, it's not, it's not fair. It's because it's not fair that everybody can't afford to pay your rates. You see what I'm saying? Jay going to be like, man, fuck you. I got I, bills. Exactly. I got bills, but see, and it, I got shit I want to do. Well, why wouldn't? Why shouldn't I be able to go buy a car and with my actual labor? That's right. You know what I'm saying. And what that does is that puts when you raise the rates. You know what I'm saying. It just it just causes you know it just causes unemployment to skyrocket. Businesses shut down. And they find a way to curb costs or they pass the uh, the price on to the consumer. So for example, like if if. If I say, man, I want McDonald's workers to make $15 an hour, $15, $16 an hour. If you go to McDonald's and shit, you're going to notice that there's an increase in the price because now they have to pay a higher wage to their laborers. So the consumer comes in and he has to pay that artificially inflated price for that number one Big Mac joint because he needs to subsidize you in order to pay your salary. That's a tax. So what about because most of the com- most of the companies in the country are small businesses. But what about the giant corporations who have excess worth of profit, who can afford to pay. Well, see, and, and see, that's the thing. That's what we call people. Are, and, and, and people who, who criticize capitalism, they mistakenly refer to that kind of system as mm-hmm. the capitalist system. And it's not. That's not a free and fair market. That's government coming in and rigging the game for big business. That's what we call corporatism or fascism. That's how the Social Democrats of Germany ran their system or what we call Nazis today. That's fascism. When you have this sort of connection between corporate and the state because the thing about it is this, you know if, if if the market was truly open and free no matter how big walmart is no matter how big amazon is or whatever company you want to name they will always be beholden to the actions of the consumer because every time you spend money you're casting a vote so the free market system is the ultimate democracy but if government steps in and rigs the game, because, yeah, we know, and, and of course, big business, they lobby for these sorts of things. People always talk about, man, the rich and the wealthy, oh, man, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's, they, they believe in that whole, that Gordon Gecko archetype from the 80s that all oh, conservatives and the Republicans, that's the party of Wall Street. It's not true. Because what they want to do is they want to use big government 
liberalism to rig the game in their favor because Jeff Bezos doesn't want to compete against some guy who owns a small shop on a corner somewhere who has the idea that's going to one day put him out of business. Stomp out my competition right now, and I give you a little, you know, little kickbacks, little, uh, you know, uh, political campaign dollars, and do that, and that right. do that, do that, you know. And the third, I'll put my uh, employees through racial sensitivity training, all that little cultural Marxist bullshit that came off the college campus. I'll do that. I'll do whatever you want me to do, but just keep me rich. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, they're paid, but it's gonna put a lot of small folks out of business. And then and what, what's going to end up happening is when you have. When there's not a lot of competition in the you market, you gotta go somewhere. Yeah. You gotta go somewhere. Yep. But 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 think. But when you don't have competition in the market, prices go up. So everything goes up. So the other part of that is like, well, fine. You know, we got this big corporation who paid his money to the to the to the lobbyists and everything, political corporations, to keep his his businesses down. Well. That's not necessarily a free market, then. No, it's not he, a free market. He, he, he rigging the game. Mm -hmm. So now. Since we pay our government taxes, shouldn't they step in and do something about that? They absolutely should. They absolutely should. We 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 agree one hundred percent on that. You know what I'm saying? But but the thing about it is we don't have enough public support for it because the free market capitalism is constantly being besmirched and degraded and denigrated as a concept because very few people actually know what it is and understand it. You got people out there who are actually clamoring for this fifteen minimum, fifteen dollar minimum wage. But like even Thomas Sowell and even Walter Williams, who's another uh, a, a great, you know, he, he passed on a couple of months ago. I don't know if you know if you know who Walter Williams is. You know, you Google him, look look up some of his stuff too. If the key to bolstering the economy was simply lifting the minimum wage, then why stop at fifteen dollars? Why do no Walter Williams? No, he a black guy. Okay, why stop at fifteen dollars? Hike it up even further. Because I I saw um I was watching it's artificial Tom inflation YouTube page. I don't know if it's him, it's his page, or somebody mm -hmm. who just posts. All stuff from him. Mm -hmm. Everything is. This is what Tom thinks about this and <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And it was clips from them from about minimum wage back when it was it was black and white clips. And they've yeah. been they've been doing this thing yeah, for a man. while. He, Tom so 90, 90 years old. And I'll be honest, old. I've been one was like, well, you know. So my minimum wage discussion is more about the people's mindset of why McDonald's workers shouldn't be paid fifteen dollars an hour. Um, and it's more of a, a, a social class thing. My, my issue typically with people, because they're like, yo, the server at J. Alexander, just, who just walks you to your table, she get paid $18 an hour. Mm -hmm. That's not a, I don't need a fucking college degree and no shit like that. We cool with paying $18 an hour because we look at J. Alexander as in a, in a higher social status exactly. than McDonald's. And McDonald's, any McDonald's in the city or any makes more than any J. Alexander on any fucking day. Right. So if these workers contribute to X amount of dollars per day, my mindset usually be like, yo, why are you so mad if they that they even ask for $15 if they contribute to a bigger pot and you pay somebody more money who makes less, but you only saying that because you look down on the on the McDonald's workers and you look up to well, right. Uh, uh, Jay, I mean, no, Dan, no, you ain't no, said no, nothing no, to me. I, I was going to chime in with you. With you no, guys, I was just Dan. agreeing with Jay because I, I, we put so much value on the titles and I do this, I work here, this is, mm -hmm. and 
which proves that we don't really want to be equal because you don't no. even want to. No, 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 no. Because like I say, because like I say, no, it's I, not. It's not I, the fight to be equal yeah. and shit. Fifteen dollars an hour does not make people equal. Well, that's well, still. Yeah, like, it's just yeah, yeah it's still that's, like a quality. That's, that's, that's barely treading. You still can't can rent a one bed thirty one thousand right. right. And and it's another anywhere and, in this like country. I say, and 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 liberal American, uh, uh, those who are on the political left, whether they be consider themselves to be liberals, I, I call them leftists. This is one of the things they always talk about. We need to pay people a, a, a livable wage, you know. Said, but you can't, you can't raise a family on, you know, fifteen dollars an hour. But the, but the reality is that you aren't supposed to start your family until you can afford to provide for one. That's where morals and values come in. At mm. you understand what I'm saying? Because the point, what? because I, I I can't pay nobody no livable wage to come work here yet. Right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. I, I ain't quit my job yet. Exactly. So I I, it, I yep. haven't made enough it, it, money it, it, in my business right. to make a livable wage, so I can't bring on an, an employee but, making fifteen. But see, but see, but see, JC, where you see how you lumped in? You black, you entrepreneur, you doing your own thing, but you get lumped in by because the left that the left leftists are not fact oriented. They don't live in reality. They live in narrative. They live in the world of their own creation. So when they talk and they say these things, they lump you in with people like. Jeff Bezos, because, you know, you're an entrepreneur, but at the end of the day, like I say, bro, you know, you black, you doing your thing, and you just struggling, you know what I'm saying? You putting in the work to try to do what it is that you got to do, but they lumping you in with them, and they're going to destroy everything that you working hard for, because they got this hard on for people who own businesses, because the left always talks about the greed of corporations. It's all bullshit. It's just all a bunch of bullshit. And like you said, the reason why, nigga, we value Jay, the motherfucker hostess or the host that JL is to make $18 an hour. If we want to rearrange the labor market, that's up to us as consumers. There's another interesting economist, genius. He was a, uh, I'm trying to remember, what, I'm trying to remember what country he, he emanated from, but um, he was one of the, the thinkers that came over to the United States and he was trying to warn uh, um, Americans in, in the West in general about the growth of socialism in Europe and, and, and of course in the Soviet Union. A man by the name of uh, Ludwig von Mises in his book, his book Planned Chaos, he talks about pretty much kind of like what I said earlier that every time you make a purchase, you're voting you know, with your dollar. If you want the person at McDonald's to make more money, you understand what I'm saying, then your patronage, but you said, you said, well, they probably make more money on a daily basis than, than, than Jay Alexander 100%. does. 100%. But we as a consumer, we are the ones who set the prices. Because at the end of the day, bro, if you charging me, because the value of something is, it exists only as a matter of what we as consumers are willing to pay for it. If we don't want it, it's useless. Yeah. yeah. So if we ain't willing to pay for it, it's like, bro, you're going to have to adjust the price or else I'm not going to buy that. But even even simpler than that, I look at McDonald's as more like a drug dealer type of concept. <laughs> no, right. like we, damn, damn, your crack is what you charge for your crack, but this crack's so cheap, <laughs> we going to get so much of it off, yeah. I don't have to raise my prices. Right. It can still stay dirt cheap and I'm going to get rid of it. Yeah, I'm not going to raise the price. I'm just... So because I'm publicly traded, I got a, a fiduciary responsibility to increase profit and decrease what it takes for me to make, make it. it. That's right. So if I paid, if I, I spent 500000 in 2020 and I made $2 million, in 2021, I need to spend 400000 and make $2 million and one or whatnot. So I'm not going to raise my prices. The quality of my product is going to go down. Or I'm going to use, I'm going to use, now I'm going to go find some other Yo, instead of meat, we're going to use a meat substitute that tastes the same. And that's where you get all these 
that's why we sick and dying from the food because <laughs> in order because it's not real. Yeah, like, it's not but real. in order for it to keep tasting the same, I'm gonna keep putting chemicals in it. They pour it's cheaper some hot for water me. over right. some powder, but, and now yeah. you got ground beef. But 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 then, but you know, but when you said something earlier, bro, when you was talking about um, we we was talking about incentives. You understand what I'm saying? You cannot, regardless of, of whether we want to accuse this employer or that employer or, or you know lowballing their employees and not paying them what they deserve, and this down the third. My thing is, it is not up to me to tell you what you deserve, or it's not up for, for me to tell you what another person deserves. Therefore, you should pay that. What's the incentive? You don't deserve what, anything. Yeah, exactly. you, don't you don't deserve, deserve anything. anything. So what is the incentive? What is the incentive for a, a, an employee at McDonald's to say to themselves, you know what? I want to do something better. I want to do something else. You cannot pay an artificial wage to low-skilled jobs because who are going to fill the other positions that are more specialized, that it takes more talent and more skill and the more honing of certain things Where's in order to motivate to obtain, to obtain, that, to obtain more that more skills well, see, in order to get in order to reap the benefits that come from being uh you know in a, in a better position. Who, who the fuck gonna, gonna a, go be the neurosurgeon fact. if I can make a hundred thousand if I can make I six that. figures at McDonald's? But that's the slip. Who gonna perform slope. your open heart surgery, day? That's a slippery slope, though. You're not no nigga that right? just graduated right. high school. <laughs> exactly. Look, that's a slippery. Exactly. That's a slippery slope, though, right? Because mm -hmm. if we base everything on skill, um, it's a lot of niggas who work at the big three who are engineer, and I nigga, I press my hand against this shit twenty seven times to see when it fail, and niggas pay me eighty thousand dollars. True that. It don't take a lot of fucking skill to do that. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I can train. Any nigga to come in here and do this job. Now, certain shit, science, technology, engineering, and math, some of the engineering, like you need to know some. But you, but you, but you brought up a real unique case, you know what I'm saying? Because when you start talking about the big three, we got big three, we got to start talking about the effects of unions on the market. That's a whole another conversation, a whole another ball of worms. I don't even know if we want to. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, unions were original created, and this is deep because, you know, saying a lot of black people today, you know, are, are pro. I mean, you know, the unions are, are pretty much, I mean, and the unions as of late are falling out of favor with the uh, uh, with the American left because they're sort of expanding, right? The the division of labor outside sort of the confines of, of, of our borders. And so it's undercutting the wages of the union workers that used to be in the back pocket. Of the Democrat Party, so a lot of blue collar union workers are now uh, uh, crossing the aisle. I mean, but we, um, we pay y'all all this extra money, mm -hmm. and you ain't like I didn't work to, on the, the management side for different corporations, and some of them have unions. And then when you see what the union get, and then you mm -hmm. see what the company pay, like y'all niggas paying them extra money in dues, mm -hmm. and they we only giving you this amount of money. Mm -hmm. If y'all don't like it, y'all can go. Mm -hmm. So they but they gonna act like yo, we went in there, we banged out this deal, and this is what you got. Like nigga, you getting paid a dollar fifty less mm -hmm. than the like all unions mm -hmm. is not created equal. I'll no, just say that, no, and all no. union reps are not created equal. Absolutely and some not. of y'all getting took. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. A I, fan I, th of I think it's. Person. I think it's just the false narrative of what the union provides. Like. Yeah, if you get you might you get fucking, your job back. Yeah, you fucking punch your supervisor. Like the union mm -hmm. might be able not to get you fired, but like, like you say, we, we remember when we worked for uh, yeah. for Comcast, and when they would have union reps outside, like they huddling us together. Like, mm -hmm. no, the union is a bad thing, y'all bringing in here because it's going to mm -hmm. limit some of the things that we've already given yeah. you. And in yeah. certain cases, it in certain cases it was like, yo, I'll be like I were in the last two different positions I worked in. Like when, when somebody come out with some using union leaflets or whatever, we go through this different training and shit. I'm thinking like, yo, why we got a certified training? Them niggas must be on to something. But then when you, 
I don't know. We, we listen. Clearly, we're looking at biased information because it's coming from the company. Right. But when you look at some of the actual union contracts, like for Comcast, the city of Detroit, all the technicians were still under a union. Everybody else wasn't. And then you look at the actual contracts and then you look at what some of the, the official uh, folks are being paid in different areas. I'm like, yo, why y'all in this fucking union? <laughs> like, because y'all niggas are getting paid less money yeah. and you don't have all the different rights and if you do something wild you're getting fired no matter what mm-hmm. like so yeah the unions man back you know back in the day um you know we we talking about marks and i wanted to circle back because it's, it's so much shit that i could say about Karl marx you know what leftism is the difference between left and right why we use these terms and where these terms come from but going back to what you were saying bro uh, just about unions uh, originally the the unions were sort of used as almost a trojan horse to try and sort of bring more socialist elements into a lot of Western free market countries like the United States. Originally, you know, the, the, some of the first unions in the United States were sort of used, you know, collective bargaining. And of course, you know, they create the picket lines. And anybody say, if I, if my, my guy Jay, like, dog, I, man, I demand my employer pay me $10 an hour. Your employer, whether you say they full of shit or not, if they like, dog, I'm only willing to pay my workers $8, $9 an hour. You like fuck that. We ain't working. We striking, and we are preventing anybody else who wants to willingly come and work for that lesser wage. We're preventing them from work from 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 coming in and working for you. Now a lot of people say, "Well, you know, man, you shouldn't scab." And man, that's just not the third. But what people don't know this the history of unions. Unions were created to drive since everybody's on this whole race thing. Now, unions were originally created to drive blacks out of the workforce. That's what I. That's yeah. what I was taught. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So you artificially inflate because the unemployment rate nationally was higher amongst whites than it was amongst blacks because blacks would work for less. So how was it explained to me um, was definitely after uh, slavery and reconstruction, like all the skilled laborers in the country was black, black folks because mm-hmm. we was the niggas doing the work. Mm-hmm. And then the white folks who was out there was like, yo. Since the slavery shit is over, we can't quote unquote technically discriminate. Right. Well, let's create a union and then we'll figure out. We now only hire union workers, and since oh. we run a union, right. we only gonna bring in white, white folks. People. That's right. And this is how that's we right. keep black folks out. Right. Not not. And that's why the union currently. That's why you don't got no construction classes in high schools no more, and all these things mm, because trade. those took out, mm-hmm. and they are ran by the union. Yep, the guilds. Yep. They yep. And, and and to speak and going back to like some of the philosophical shit, you know, we're talking about Marx and, and, and progressives. Um, um, like I say, because, you know, Marx, like the, the term social, social, socialism is kind of synonymous with him. But socialism and progressivism, those two terms could be used sort of inter- interchangeably because in order to progress the, the society, the left wing intelligentsia of their time believed that socialism was the best way to sort of weed out, going back to what we are talking about, about unions, those who were sort of less desirable. So there were two phases. There were two, it was like a two-prong attack. They did it through uh, uh, a planned economics and they did it through eugenics because the whole notion of progressives, and they called themselves liberals at the time too, let's be clear. Liberals and progressives was like, man, these blacks are flourishing. Not only are the blacks flourishing, but what they called the Alpine European was flourishing. The Alpine European, that's the Eastern European or the Southern European or the Mediterranean European, because even eugenicists broke whites up into classes because they weren't considered as pure as the Nordic stock, those who are Western Europe, Northern Europe. So they looked down upon the the, the, the Catholics of, of, of Southern Europe. And I was today years so, old before I ever heard the term Alpine European. You never heard that term? Not, not never. 
Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So that's one of the things, like I say, that 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 they would use. And like, like I say, Nate, we're talking about, you know, we know, we know about Margaret Sanger, the fan, founder of Planned Parenthood. Yes. Uh, Madison Grant, Madison Grant, who wrote the book The Passing of the Great Race, The Passing of the Great Race. Adolf Hitler himself would 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 uh, give Madison Grant credit for pretty much giving Adolf Hitler his views on race. Madison Grant, as a matter of fact, Madison Grant was, I think he died something, something like 1930 something. He was a longtime friend of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, big time liberal Democrat, Democrat progressive. But that's what they all believe. Richard T. Ely, I, I can go on and on and on. These were all left wing academics who were self-described socialist progressives and liberals. So essentially... There and they, and they say and they, and, they, and they said that in order my, my fault, in order to perfect the race, we have to have the Nordic European, the Western European, the Anglican. We need to have him at the forefront, and these other people, we need to essentially breathe them out of existence because they are polluting the human stock. Because that's how we're going to perfect the society. We have to do away with the people who are of lesser stock. That's what liberals used to believe because they were, and this what, and this is where they sort of co-op. The kind of liberalism that, let's just say, came out of John Locke and Thomas Jefferson, the Enlightenment. Liberal became, we're going to, a euphemism for liberating, almost liberation from the, 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 the chains of superstition and conservatism in the past. We're liberating you. We're taking you into a kind of new age future. But you need to put that new age future in our hands because we're the experts. You don't know shit. So the social science and the social engineering. Yep, social um, engineering. Mm-hmm. So, like we say on the, I say at the very least, eighty-five um, percent of the world gonna be a sheep, and you can be a quote-unquote sheep for good, or you can be a sheep for bad. But right. a sheep is gonna sheep all the time. For sure. Um, so, niggas know that I'm the conspiracy realist, the, <laughs> the Tim foil hat tighten the whole nine yards. Man, that shit you showed me with them trees, bro, in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's wild. That shit's wild. I don't know if you shared that shit with your audience. They might not be ready for They're that. They're not ready for <laughs> okay, that. Okay, we're going to keep that under wraps then. Um, but there are folks who are pulling the str- pulling strings behind the behind the scenes pulling strings. And mm-hmm. that's why I be so frustrated sometimes when I look at different conversations and people bickering back and forth. It's like, mm-hmm. fam, like we playing yeah. into everybody's hands and we got people thinking they 100% right on the side, mm-hmm. well, 100% correct on this side, 100% correct on that side, which causes a conflict. Mm-hmm. And to your point, nigga, that's what we're trying to do yeah. is cause a conflict, uh, conflict and push forward. So then it's like even those who who understand that and now I'm trying to, to educate and, and try to assist and say, hey, this is what's going on. But by default, that causes a conflict and them niggas and they still win. Right. Well, see, the thing about it is. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, it, it's 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 tough, bro, because it's just certain things that you just you can't like as a human. You, you be like, I gotta say it. Yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, exactly. I, I don't want to. But the I think one of the key giveaways is that well, one side of the argument, one one side wants to have the discussion. Yeah, there's another side that don't want to have the discussion, which is kind of like what we talked about when we start walking in here and we start talking about you know um, the censorship. One side don't want to have a come. One side don't want to have a debate. I mean, when we try to touch about on this stuff, like we literally are walking around eggshells. That's right. On this phone, like, yo, what do we call? We don't want to get in trouble, and you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, fam. Can we have? Can we? Can, can we, we figure it out? Oh, yeah. Forget the 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 posturing, mm-hmm. like, yo, 
I believe this, so everybody else is wrong. No, my, my belief system isn't better than anybody else's, but can we flush this out uh -oh. so we can understand? Because I, me personally, feel that if everybody, well, if a large majority of the people can look at something that the that the whoever is in control is saying is right and we all know what's wrong and we never say something and we feel wrong for saying something, then what's going to be the next thing that pushes forward and we got to act like, we, we just, it ignore like, yeah, the truth. It makes it harder for the truth to come out. We just ignore what's obvious. You know what you you know what you describe? You describe in the novel nineteen eighty four by George Orwell. You know, I, new think and new speak. You know, and George Orwell had this concept. George Orwell was was a socialist himself, but I won't even get into Orwell like that. But the book nineteen eighty four. You know, so one of the things that Orwell talked about, he said that you know people. His concept was that people sort of think in terms of, of, of language, for example, right? So, you know, you even before you say something, you kind of like have a sentence running across your forehead, right? And you kind of... Linear, left to right. Yeah, to right. Up. So if, if we can control what people can and cannot say, of course we can control what they think. We control their behavior because they don't have the words to contextualize the thoughts. So you can't sort of rally around those abstract utterances like come together or revolution or the certain words you just can't say. So how do you organize people to come together and throw off their oppressors if they don't even have the words to express how they feel? Man, I've... Or can't say certain things out of fear that... Uh, I've never made it through the whole book of 1984. See, watch the movie. The movie's I, good. I, I got the movie. I think, matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, the movie is on Amazon Prime right okay. now. Um, Bro, watch it before they pull it down. And, I'm telling you. Um, and I got the audio book. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't made it through the whole. I, I think I've listened to like half of it like three or four times. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? I but I'm a, it. it's a tough I'm a, read. Uh, but but 1984, which was not written in 1984, right? <laughs> it's so fucking wild because at the time it was written in, if you read it, it's like yo, this nigga had, um, a crystal ball. Well, he he did. He did. I said I didn't want to get into it. He did have a crystal ball. George L. Or Orwell attended the London School of Economics. He was a member of a group known as the Fabian Society. And the Fabian Society were a group of uh, hardcore uh, left-wing eugenicists and socialists. There were other, there were not other prominent literary figures who were also members of the Fabian Society, like Aldous Huxley, who wrote the almost seen as the companion piece to 1984, titled entitled "A Brave New World." George Orwell said that uh, 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 that dictators or, or, or government state type entities would have, would oppress people with uh, with 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 uh, restriction, right? Uh, Huxley had a vision where people would become oppressed because they would because they would be sort of given too much freedom to the point where they would become slaves to their passions and undisciplined and no direction. So everything was like you know give them That's give them drugs, right give them sex, give them you know. And so it's kind of like a mixture too. But all that sucks. I think his brother was a, and uh, the guy the, the 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 man who wrote the the War of the Worlds, H.G. Wells. Mm. He was a Fabian. But you know, uh, yeah, George Orwell, yeah, he was he was a socialist, and in in the book, nineteen eighty four was a dramatized depiction of life in the Soviet Union. Mm. I always remember I had a psychology professor that said people need boundaries. Yeah, it, absolutely. It, like we we work within them. We know mm. we know what we can and cannot get That's away right. with. And if you eliminate boundaries, you're not creating happiness. You're creating chaos, chaos and misery and misery. And when, when one of the greatest forms of we talk about boundaries is the sacred boundary and the principle of uh, of gender and, and sexuality. I'm I hope I'm I gonna get y'all in trouble, man. Cause <laughs> we gonna keep going. We gonna okay. keep going. Like, right, but go ahead, Jay. Like no boundaries is unnatural. Exactly. 
like the first if we if 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 those believe in and uh, in, in, in religious texts and all that other stuff, mm-hmm. the very first person created had boundaries. Mm-hmm. There's never been a time don't when there were not fruit. Don't don't go there. Yeah, because boundaries, all of this yeah. is yours. Yeah. However, don't do that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I always say, you you kind of kind of qualified a little bit because you want to show deference and respect because not everybody is believe believers or not everybody believes in the divine legitimacy of the Bible, for example. But I say this, even if you don't believe in the sort of the historicity of the Bible, I, as a conservative, my first question is not, is it true? My first question is always, what does it mean? That's why I always consider the Bible to be the greatest book of moral instruction ever created. You don't have to believe in an actual Adam and Eve, but the story has a meaning that's indispensable. Which is why I personally believe is written in allegory. Absolutely. So it doesn't have to be literal. It doesn't have to be literal. It means, me, yep. does this story make sense, nigga? Yep, because what boundaries do, boundaries gives your life a purpose, which also, once again, goes back to the, the, the push of the left. When we had this conversation a long, long time ago, and what I was saying, we talked about Alistair Crowley. We talked about the, the quote, do, do as thou wilt. You know, because we talked <laughs> right about, will. yeah. You right now, about, niggas yeah, are doing as thou wilt. And then you have, you know, chaos, you know, boundaries, there's no standards, the whole thing collapses. And and that's what ultimately, you know, and that's what, you know, Marx talked about a lot because he always talks about how things need to be ruthlessly criticized because, you know, Marx was, he was an agent of chaos because ultimately Karl Marx, you know, yeah, he gets this. I like that term, things need to be ruthlessly criticized. criticized. Yeah, that, that's, that's what he, he wrote. must have been talking about rap. Yeah, everything, every, <laughs> everything in the society needs to Twitter be. Twitter has got the message. <laughs> need to be uh, uh, ruthlessly criticized so that it can, it can be done away because ultimately, when you when you when you study mainstream, yeah, they, they may say that you know Karl Marx belongs in just the, the category of just normal philosophers, thinkers, economic uh, theorists, and what have you. But Karl Marx was more than that. Karl Marx was a Luciferian. Karl Marx himself knew and acknowledged that he worshipped Satan. He 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 talks about this, you know, in in his own writings. And one of the things that. You know, another term for socialists or Marxists or what we call leftists. And then that's when we start getting into the metaphysics of the difference between the right hand path and the left hand path. But this predate this goes way back to Marx because Marx wasn't the first socialist. He was the sort of the one who encapsulated all the sort of pre-existing socialist doctrines into his own specific doctrine. But um, as far as leftism is concerned and where the spirit of, 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 of socialism comes from, it comes out of this idea, this notion that restrictions were put upon man in an attempt to control him because all of your uh 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 you know your 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 drives all of your your appetites should be indulged because anything else is just a form of control because if you were given a certain thing then it must be good according to God or else God wouldn't have given it to you that was just one of the philosophies that was around centuries and centuries ago back when, you know. People was running yeah, wild. They were, yeah, they were still sort of warring in, in, in Christianity over what would be what would be the dominant I, church. I don't, I don't even want to put that back in the day because there's still some good yeah. Christian brainwashing going yeah. on. Oh, no, no, ab- no, absolutely. Because because secularism and Marxism or what we call, what they call progressive Christianity has also taken over the church. It certainly has taken over the black. The black church is completely useless because what, you know, what took place what, what what took the place of the teachings, the traditional teachings of the gospel is something known as black liberation theology. Black liberation, and what, what the black church has, has been, it has been usurped and used as a, a, a springboard, right, to engage in 
activism, social activism. And then they take the Bible. The Bible is simply secondary. The teachings of the Bible is just simply secondary. It's to promote the individual's own self-aggrandized vision of what they think a perfect society should look like. The Bible doesn't teach salvation. The church, I don't want to say the Bible, but the mm -hmm. church doesn't teach salvation anymore. They no. teach, you know, mm -hmm. in that word that mm -hmm. they, they treat they treat church like a genie. If you exactly. if you rub it hard enough mm -hmm. and you pray that's not, hard yeah, enough that's and, not the right way. and hold on like Damn, it's going to come. <laughs> right. We, we covering a lot of shit. But it's not. <laughs> well, but yeah. it's not. That ain't the way it works. Even the, even the word said faith without works is dead. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. you have to pray mm -hmm. and then get up and do something. Our, our I, I do have a partner of mine that's Muslim, and he talks about you. You still you pray to Allah, but you still tie your camel. Like yes, you pray Beanie for protection Siegel. and Siegel and Siegel. But it, mm. he taught me. I, I forget which which teaching of the Quran it is because yeah. it's something very specific. Trust in Allah, but still tie yeah, it's, it's something more specific than just you know. Uh, mm. A, a good hey, bar, listen, I believe in God, man, but I got a lot of guns, and I pray yeah. that He keeps my aim straight. Wait, that's right, that's right. And now I pray your that gun, a stranger yeah. never breaks in breaks in that back door God while I'm bless on. Him. Right, God bless. <laughs> no, him. no, God, not God bless him. I'm gonna send them back. I'm gonna refund them, Lord. Hey, listen, I'm gonna ask God to give me the strength to do what I need to do, and you ask Him to do what you need you to do. do. That's he, right. What you need to do is survive, apparently, because mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Don't man, go to sleep. But, but yeah, man, <laughs> but, open man. like I said, but a lot, a lot of people, dog, you know, and I think this is one of the reasons why Jay wanted me to come on here. Like I said, we have talked about these things before and a lot of black people, whether it be Black Lives Matter, this whole notion, this attitude of kind of picking back or circling back to where we started about the black community and what that is and what that actually means. No matter what, and there's a lot of people out there, y'all, they sound real smart. I know y'all know who they are. Y'all listen to them. I don't need to say their names because I don't want to make it seem like I'm just calling them out of piggybacking off of them to try to ride their coattails, you know what I'm saying, because they got a name. I, I wouldn't do that, but y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Y'all know the YouTube channels y'all be on. Y'all be listening to them. And ultimately, man, they, they sound good, you know what I'm saying, but they're a bunch of fucking charlatans. I'm going to tell you exactly how I know because any anybody, any doctrine, I don't care how intricate and how wordy and how sophisticated it sounds, if ultimately where you arrive uh, if, if, if ultimately where you arrive is a place where they're placing an emphasis on collectivity and not the rights of the individual, that's something that you don't want to be a part of. Even if it is this so-called black thing or a black solidarity thing, I'm telling y'all right now, in my opinion, at least it's my opinion, I'm, you know, whatever, I'm issuing a warning. You don't want to go down that route, man. You don't want to go down that route, I'm telling you, because what, what, what that means is the, the individual who thinks, who thinks like, yeah, all right, yo, we need to pool. You know, you hear people ask these questions all the time, man. We need to do this. What does the black community need to do? We need to come together. We need to do this. Like, nah, bro, we don't need to do shit because ultimately, if I do something with my resources that you don't think benefits the collective that you determine that I'm supposed to be a part of, then I'm what? Acting like a sellout? I'm being an Uncle Tom Negro? I'm being a coon? Oh, okay, because you want to be able to tell me what to do with my shit. So what you going to do? So what, like you said earlier, Jay, so I'm black, so I speak for everybody because I'm the one with the master plan. I'm the intellectual leader. I'm the, I'm going to just drop a couple, I ain't going to do that. Y'all know who they are, bro. So You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to be the one to make the decisions for everybody. Yeah. Because I know what's best for the black community. It's so do what I say. It's interesting that you say that because uh, I told Dame off camera, uh, off, off mic last week that this one particular guy I used to fuck with, uh, and I tweeted this last week, a week or two ago, and I just sat back and looked like, yo, all these niggas, a lot of these guys 
who, to your point, talk a good game and sound fucking good. Like y'all niggas some fucking race baiting. That's right. Fucking. I don't subscribe to none of that. Shit's evil, man. Um, then what's the fucking word I use? Logan, it's just some bullshit. Yeah, it's an, and it's, like, it's about controlling you. When niggas see that there's a need for leadership in the black community. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. The, the black community, <laughs> Dreddy right? Dreaded quote fingers. Um, and your whole fan base, your YouTube followers, your Instagram followers is all black people, and you got the information that's gonna set them free. And all you need to do is pay me seven hundred dollars for this this game, <laughs> right? And then all you need to do thirteen hundred dollars is pay for this me packet of information two thousand dollars to get inside of this 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 mm-hmm. this club yeah. because now I got a club where all the 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 name people I came together and we are gonna start this new world order, um, and we gonna to get in it's two thousand dollars. And then once you win, now you can get to our lives and we can give you stock tips and this and this. Listen, man, if you and your brain and your heart of hearts think I need to help the people and I think the people need to come together as collective and I got the information. Hey, man, get that shit away then, dog. Mm-hmm. If that's what if your heart, if that's what's on your heart, man, get that shit away. Why are you going to try? You know, it's going to benefit right. all of right. us yeah. in the end. Because yeah. not because the- I think you should give away. But the way that you come off, mm-hmm. you 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 come off and you sell it like you all down for the people, you but you really profiting. Yeah. And I look at you worse than I look at the the quote unquote evil white man because right. we've been played so many times over that, and then you learned a system, system and then mm-hmm. turned it turned on the people. Mm-hmm. I think you worse. Yep, and and, it, and it's crazy, bro. Because like I Just said, tweet man, the hustle, that's what, all. what that is is dog. Well, goddamn sodium in it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what, what that what that is that black like I say black liberation, all that black power come together, black there's no black nationalism shit that 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 came about that was popularized in the sixties and seventies, and we still sort of living in the wake of it. Like I say, it's just you know it's just all it's all map it's all forms of socialism rebranded. When you start talking about you know, pooling resources and everybody coming together and, you know, everything sort of belongs to the black collective. And there is only a small, unique group of, of selected special people within that collective who gets to determine what is done with the resources because it's going to uplift us all. If you just entrust in this one or two or three or four individuals, like I said, that's just that's just socialism, socialism under under another name. It's um, you know, and it's got to say that's it's, a it's, one it's, it's, that's a rising tide lifts all boats well, mentality. All right. All right. And we don't think that works with the government, but right, right. yeah, it works with the black yep. community. Yeah, it works with the so-called black community. And like I say, and it, it's 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 crazy because, you know, people call me all kind of names. It's, well, you know, I I don't I don't got people on my little Instagram jumping there and they went, oh, you, you a boot licking, shuffling. I've been called a coon and this. Now I wish these niggas would get a new insult. That's just so lame and tired and played. It's like motherfucker, you can't even address a single thing that I talked about, but you want to come at my motherfucking character. But like I say, the funniest thing is that, you know, I'm supposedly this boot licking, shuffling, you know, what, whatever, whatever. And I'm, you know, may, I'm just somebody told me on my Instagram, bro, man, you just trying, you just making white people feel comfortable. Oh, really? I spent the whole goddamn uh, 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 live stream, you know, lambasting uh, white liberals. And then you turn around and call me Ben Carson to try to insult me. But why the fuck didn't you refer to me as Barack Obama? You call me Ben Carson because that's an insult to be a conservative black person is an insult. But I'm, you know, uh, a kissing white people's ass. I talk, I, I clown white liberals all the time. But I guess they don't count. You see what I'm saying? Man. But it's, it's it's the type of white person that you listen to, the type of white person that you uh, ascribe to. 
all these people. Hey, man, real quick, bro. You you uh, have, did you ever listen to Dead Prayers back in the day? One hundred percent. Remember the album Let's Get Free? Yeah, absolutely. Go back and listen to that shit. What did Dead Prayers say explicitly in various po- points during that during that album? Organize the wealth into a socialist economy. Remember, if you go back and listen to some of the things that Dead Prayers openly advocated and talked about how they are socialists. They openly talked about creating an atheistic society that was devoid of this worship of the white Jesus. They talked about all this shit. They openly, in, in, in that song, in, in the album, Let's Get Free, when they talked about, if you listen to that song, The Animal and Man, that, it, that is a, a, a rap style sort of presentation of another one of George Orwell's books, Animal Farm. When he talked about the pigs rising up and then the pigs became tyrannical and it was one pig who was the boss hog of all the pigs and they end up uh, 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 slitting his throat and, 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 and deposing him too the same way they deposed the farmer. Mm. You know what I mean? So I'm saying all that shit to say like even dead prayers, all that radical pro-black fist in the air shit. That's just a form of socialism. Dead Prayers understood that. They probably didn't even know at what the fuck socialism was. But what I'm saying is so ironic because the black people who subscribe to that pro-black shit don't even know that socialism was a intellectual import from Europe itself. But see, they call me a coon and a white man, but they thinking the same way the white man who, from, from Germany wanted them to think. They don't even know the history and the origin of the shit and it's hard for them they, they can't put two and two together because, right? because they don't know the terminology so they can't find their way back to the source because and it's not even like a not it's a it's a, a I'm a victim of it too it's an mm. ignorance thing yeah when that's, emo- why, I'm, that's why I'm here bro <laughs> emo- like emotionally like this feels right that's right you know what I'm saying I mean I was banging the dead bro. I thought this shit was man psh- this feels right, <laughs> yeah. and I feel that there is a system that's 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 oppressing me, mm-hmm. and this right here feels right, mm-hmm. and I agree with the tenants in it. And if this is called socialism, I'm cool with socialism. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. We need a or or democratic socialism or whatever you know Bernie mm-hmm. uh, read it on or whatever. But then, I guess it's I don't know if it's an access to information. I don't know if this a, a if we just been taught over periods of time just to not to look for the information but that's not something that generally that we do we never yeah. go back and say well what I, is this that is where this, is this I, from and or I, yeah i feel you bro i feel like i don't i feel like i kind of took over your fucking show I'm no sorry, man that's why we got you here <laughs> you know when you say man why in the fuck is this like we don't we ain't been taught this shit we ain't like because and this is why planners and elites technocrats whatever this is why they despise capitalism because capitalism is about, you know, individuals working within their own sort of cloistered small space, you know, sort of exercising their own will. Find out what your area of expertise is or what's going to bring you back some sort of reward. And that's what you participate in. Leftists can't stand that because that's shit that they can't control because capitalism is a thing that belongs to the every man. Capitalism belongs to the common man. Once again, I'm going to say his name again. Thomas Sowell in his book, Intellectuals and Race. I think it's Intellectuals and Race. He talks about how, historically speaking, the liberal arts or what's called the soft sciences have always been populated by people who are philosophically left wing. So we're talking about political scientists. 
uh, 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 historians, uh, liter- you know, people, you know, lit- literary figures, poets, and all this stuff. Artists are for some reason sort of traditionally left wing because they like to criticize what is or talk about, you know, being, you know, so maybe it's oppressed or talk about how hard life is. I guess they find that to be something that you know, a listener, a consumer would, you know, find more, more, more valuable. But when you say, "Man, why we ain't learning about this shit?" It's because the people who are because conservatism, this is why conservatism has this uphill battle because conservatism is just, once again, I say it, it's, it's just the observation of nature. It's just natural law and practice. People just doing things. You said this shit earlier, Dang. I mean, uh, uh, Jay, you said, man, black people just naturally conservative, bro, and don't even know it because leftism, liberalism, Marxism is based upon theory. Conservatism is not a theory. Conservatism is a revelation of what is. It's a revelation of truth. We operate in the real world. Leftists operate in a world of make-believe, a world of fantasy, a world that they want to be, a yeah. world that they want, want, want to see. And they take over academia because they think the best way to have see that world come to fruition is to educate people in train the ways the in which they want you to think. So if you train the yep. mind a certain way, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I haven't, yeah. you have no reason to look for anywhere right, else because exactly. this is and, information. And, and they produce, and they produce ideas. The le- left produces ideas. So for example, bro. Like I said, you got the soft sciences, you got the hard sciences, right? STEM, right? Science, technology, engineering, mathematics. One plus one is always going to be two, right? Nigga, if you don't, if if your engineering skills ain't up to par, that shit ain't going to work. Your architecture, nigga, you don't build a bridge right, that bitch going to collapse, it's going to fall. So we can go back and check your work and say, oh, nigga, you a horrible engineer, man, because that bridge you built, that shit failed. But see, the thing about the left and the soft sciences, they just come up with theories that ultimately never get tested. Because there is no consequence for when they come up with things that are dumb, that are stupid. Like I said, it's almost been 20 years or or detrimental, like the mandatory minimum wage, like big government welfare, like saying, oh, a woman doesn't need a man in the home or saying, I mean, these are all ideas that emanated from the left. Like I said, that's when people come at me and they say, man, I ain't knocking you, Jay, because it's something that you say. You're like, man, I ain't, I'm not, I'm not left or right, bro. I'm just, you know, but you a common sense guy, man. I fuck, I fuck with you all the time. I say, bro, you a conservative, my nigga. You just don't want to say it. Yeah, but what well, I'm but saying is. I think when we was having those bro, conversations, I, I was, uh, I, I was kind of fighting. Don't be afraid to say yeah. it, bro. Like I say, I, I, I'm more conservative than I am liberal. <laughs> Absolutely, and mo- most people are. Most people are, but they, they they have a misconception of what it is. Like I say, the left, like I said, they operate in the world in the world of theory. They always come up with ideas that do not work, but there's always a scapegoat because they construct narratives that they force people to exist within. Because if it doesn't, if their ideas don't work, oh, it gotta be fem- it gotta be sexism, or it's gotta be racism. Or it's got to be uh, uh, now they talking about now it's this new phrase heter, 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 heteronormativity <sighs> and all this crap. All of this shit, I'm telling you, bro. All of this shit comes from the academy. It comes off the college campus where you got a bunch of brainiac motherfuckers sitting up in their ivory towers who don't operate in the real world who got to get up off their ass and do something for somebody of value. They just sitting back coming up with stupid ass ideas. So what do you think? Um, so I think uh, black folks who are naturally conservative, definitely black people in the South who are more naturally conservative mm-hmm. versus uh big city. I hate the I, I I dislike all these these groups and titles and like, yeah. nigga, you a Democrat or you a Republican or you this I like nigga, I'm a you tell mm-hmm. me what the, the what idea the is, is and I'll be like yep. I'm gonna do what makes best I'm, sense for I'm me. I'm cool. Mm-hmm. So wherever if I end up 
more on this side, whatever, whatever. Right. I, I don't know. I just got to think about groups. You I know feel what I'm you. I understand. But like I but, said, bro, I'm talking about ideas, though. I understand. Yeah. Well, I ain't talking about the parties. But let me get to this, though. I ain't talking about the parties. I think what most black people um, have an issue with, uh, because the left is Democrats mostly, and right. the right is Republicans. So they see a bunch of people that they would normally think as racist white folks mm. who say they're Republicans and they say, well, how can I have something in common with them? Right. If that's what a racist nigga is at mm-hmm. and from the Democrat side is we going to push race and all, all the people on our side are really good people. Mm-hmm. And these guys over here is racist. I mm-hmm. think that's is what's keeping more mm-hmm. people from having actual conversations or intelligent debates about issue because we are being sold a person mm-hmm. and not an idea the actual idea, idea. Yep. so like that's like that's the thing mm-hmm. so i don't know how we get people to 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 forget the personality right here this form right true here that. true you that. do i mean you know we, we could do what what little bit we can like i say within our limited purview but we just contribute into the conversation that you know what i'm saying we, we I think Ronald Reagan had a saying is something like uh, uh, something about one person can't do everything, but everyone can do something or something, yeah. something like that. You know what I'm saying? Just man, help, you know, shit, man, help somebody. I can't say the world, bro, but I can, you know, I can, I can do, you know, a little something to help my brother next to me. And if everybody did that, then we would all yeah, sort of no take care of the problem. No one can do it all, but if everybody mm-hmm. do a little, then no one has to do it. No, lot. that's right. Yeah, no that's one right. got to do a lot if everybody do a little. That's um, right. So listen, man, like. People who've been listening to this pod for, I don't know, for all these years, um, I stress, look, give me the logic and not the emotion. Absolutely. Logic, not the emotion. Um, based on our conversation. Based mm-hmm. on our conversations emotional and with Diff, that makes me lean mm-hmm. more a certain way. Like, I just don't agree with certain shit, dog. Yeah. It, just, it doesn't make sense to me, and until it can make sense to me, I can't accept it. Right. Um, and then... It is what it is. I just want people to, to to look at some of this shit because I think a lot of things that we are accepting um, cool, morally or because it feels right, um, we haven't done any kind of investigation, and mm. I think it's going to end up coming back to bite us. Yeah, We're going to look up, and it's bro. like, how the fuck do we get here? Jay, bro, it's crazy. Like I said, bro, I'm not, I, I ain't no no I told you so shit, Jay, but I swear to God, when me and Jay had our first conversation, we first met like a couple years ago, however long ago it was, and from that point forward, I would always, you know, warn, even when Jay was like resisting, like, nah, check, I don't think I agree with you. I ain't fucking with that. I, you know, I don't know. I'm like, bro, Jay, I'm telling bro, you don't know. I, I, I know because I studied the tradition. I know what's coming, bro. I know what's coming. And I'm telling y'all, y'all not going to like this shit, man. Y'all not going to like this shit. Before we wrap up, get him a little bit of background about yourself because mm-hmm. you didn't yeah. always think this way. No, I did. You started off. Yeah. Black fist in the yeah, air. Well, my sure. black fist mm-hmm. is always gonna be in the air, but <laughs> give him, give him. Man, yeah, man. You know, I, I, I started off. You know, it's, it's crazy. Thomas so comes to mind again. Uh, many a great conservative thinker started off as Marxist. Even Tom Sowell said himself, he said, I was a self-described Marxist even, even after having been taught economics by Milton Friedman. Milton Friedman may be the white guy that you're thinking about. You know what I'm saying? He wrote the classic work, Freedom to Choose. If you know, so as for time, looking at Milton Friedman, won the Nobel Peace, Fri- Peace, Peace Prize for economics. Brilliant guy. And Thomas Sowell says that the reason why he clinged to Marxism is because he noticed the inequality. He, you know, he could see he he could see the things around him that was like, okay, well, why do these people live like this and these other people over here live like that? And 
to your point, you I think you know you answered your own question and didn't even realize it. Tom Sowell said I took to Marxism because the political left was the only side that was offering the explanation. Mm. He said, so I just believe that it just had to be true because they were the only ones offering this explanation. As a matter of fact, Milton Friedman used to be a liberal as well. And just like Milton Friedman and Tom Sowell and a lot of other people who were once liberals, they abandoned their liberal views once they began working for the government. And they realized how wasteful the government was. And it was nothing but a boondoggle, a cash grab, an, an, an employment uh, uh, opportunity for uh, adults and, and 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 no one else. It's that people who were were, were public servants pulling up in Mercedes Benzes, and then Tom Sowell said, "Man, I had an idea, Shelby Steele. I had an idea. This is how we can get some of these people off welfare." And he said, "The people who were servicing these underprivileged communities didn't want to hear the ideas because they aren't in the business of solving the problems. You know, it's the poverty it's the industry. It's a poverty industry. So going back to me, I mean, man, you know." It's, it's crazy because it's sort of like, uh, I don't know if you know who Dave Rubin is. He's another little mm-hmm. internet personality guy, white guy, gay dude. But, you know, he, you know, he be, he be, you know, he, he's more of a guy, you know, he, he says a lot of, a lot of, a lot of deep things, but he's more of a guy who just brings a lot of intellectuals on his show and he has conversations with them. And he says that, you know, a lot of people, men are just default liberals. You just grow up in, in this, you know, from watching Ronald Reagan on the, on the, on the telephone pole and boys in the hood with a bunch of bullet holes in his face or from, uh, you know, like I guess they say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not a fan of 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 George W. Bush or George Herbert Walker Bush. But I'm just saying this for an example. Like, I, you know, when I was watching the movie Mo Money a, a, a little while ago, in the in the, in the part where uh fucking Damon and Marlon was on the corner selling books, and Marlon was like, "Motherfucker, ain't nobody trying to buy no motherfucking books, man. This some bullshit." And then they were like, "Nigga, sell these motherfucking books." And Marlon's like, "Man, these kids don't give a fuck about their future, man. Why the fuck you think George Bush is in office?" Like all this shit, you never heard that kind of talk about any liberal Republican. I remember listening to the Fugees, you know, listen to the Fugees album, The Score. Listen to how they talk about Bill Clinton, comparing him to Batman and talking about eventually Batman will be gone. And what we're going to do about Gotham City once Bill Clinton leaves office. Even Lauren Hill, she had a song um, when she talked about Newt Gingrich, talking about Newt, Newt, the 666 cut wick like Newt Gingrich sucks dick. At the time, Newt Gingrich was the Republican leader. Of the House of Representatives, he was the majority leader in the House of Representatives during the Clinton era. This is what you know, Lauren Hill was saying about Newt Gingrich. So you kind of go into this mode. But see, I was never so called. You know, I never was a Democrat. You know, because I was always just naturally sort of skeptical. But as a child, when you're trying to figure the world out, you see what I'm saying, and it it takes a while for you to mature and grow into manhood to where you can have that sense of courage to walk out on that ledge by yourself. Yeah. If I you know, if I if I know I can hide and say, man, well, I got my black brothers. I got Jay with me. I got Dane with me. We black. We Then all of a sudden, bro, that keeps me in this kind of state of perpetual adolescence because a true man stands on his own. Even an individual, I mean, period. But when you got this sophisticated and this has been going on for decades, like I say, bro, I grew up. I, I read damn near every single solitary thing that Michael Larry Dyson ever wrote. I didn't like you say, Jay. I didn't just fall into this shit. I learned the ways of the left. I I I, I done read their literature. I done I spent years doing it. You understand what I'm saying? So, man, I just got to that point, man, where I finally had to realize, bro, like, man, this shit ain't this shit ain't putting no money in my pocket. This shit ain't making me happy. You know what I'm saying? It ain't this shit ain't doing nothing for me, man. This shit can't. And then what I really started when I started to see how the people who had that kind of revolutionary fervor that I had, I started to see how they behave. I saw how immoral they were. And I'm like, bro, no matter how aggrieved I feel I am, I can't do that shit to another human being, bro. I don't give a fuck if they white or if they rich or whatever, man. I can't conduct myself like that. I don't know if it was just the saving grace for my mom 
on my dad, you know, they were separate when I was a kid. They were married when I was born, but they got divorced when I was fairly young. But I don't know what it was, bro. I just had this sense to say, that's that's wrong. That's morally wrong. And so I just started to pick up other things and try to, like I say, man, figure some other stuff out. And then when I started to learn more and more, and I'm like, wow. I just, you know, like I said, I just got curious because the actions of those those people try to start to put, just, it, tar- it began to turn me off. Just like kind of like how you said, all that race bay, all that shit, like, man, y'all niggas foul, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, bro, show me the fruit, bro. Show me your work. You know, show me what you're doing. And I just was like, man, you know what? I can't do, nah, this shit ain't, this shit ain't for me, dog. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, and, and, and like I say, and lacking that, lack, lacking that courage, you see, we as people, or we as American citizens, like I say, we criticize our own government. Like I say, oh, look at what the shit that's going on like in China right now, right? Every time I look up, LeBron James popping up because somebody criticizing LeBron James because he won't speak out against China, which he don't necessarily have to, but he said, but he's not going to start. He's like, man, well, China ain't my fight. I, I respect that. Okay, you say, man, well, I'm, I'm, I'm on the shit. I feel like this is an injustice here in this country. China ain't my business. What's happening to the peoples of Hong Kong or the peoples of Africa ain't my business. Okay, nigga, but don't come out and say Daryl Morey don't know what he talking about when he come out and say freedom for Hong Kong. You know you full of shit, LeBron. But see, we don't lack the courage to speak out against real evil, and that's that's emblematic of a child. I grew out of the ways of this left-wing radical revolutionary shit when I became a man because only children think that way. You know what I'm saying? Children think that for example, your parents. LeBron worried about different consequences. Yeah, yeah, response I, yeah. I know. I, I, I get all. I get all of that. You know what I'm saying? I get all of that. But that, you know. But I guess that's a whole other conversation for another day. Let me let me try to stay on topic because I know we about to wrap up. Um, like I say, it, it it comes with a certain courage for you to be able to stand up to real evil. That's why people on the left they think like children because they don't see the nuance in life. You look at your parents. Like I said, your parents told you not to do something. Tell you, you know, if, if your parents, you found out your parents was doing something that they told you not to do, or you found out something about your parents, you was like, damn, bro, I didn't even know my dad or my mom was, you know, when you were younger, you was like, man, fuck that, you was mad, because you're like, man, my parents some hypocrites, my parents some this, my parents are that, but you realize once you get older and you get more mature, like, yeah, man, my parents aren't necessarily perfect, but they deserve honor and respect because they did the best they can, and ultimately, man, I had good parents. They may not be perfect, because once that veneer gets shattered, it, it it shakes you up a little bit. Yeah, it does. You know what I mean? But once you mature, you come to the realization that they ain't perfect, but God damn it, I'm glad I had them. Just like this country ain't perfect, but I'm glad I got it. Because I wanted to believe that everything that was evil in the world, everything that was wrong in the world was the result of something that I had the courage to stand up to. Because I was afraid to stand up to real evil. Why do you think motherfuckers don't look? Climate change. All these, all these bogus issues. Police did this, that, and the third. But they don't want to stand up to real evil. They don't want to talk about real problems. Man, y'all seen that shit that was circling, circulating around the internet when they was talking about the the the, the quality of the Baltimore uh, public school system. Talking about the per, it was the, the person. I'm gonna send that shit to you, Jay. The per, it was a per, the the person has only passed three oh, classes yeah, 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 in yeah. four years. One motherfucker, he got a 0.0. He in the middle of his class. Yeah. The Baltimore school system, alongside the Detroit public school system, some of, the, promotion. some of the worst in the country. But we as black people, or anybody for that matter, and we the, act like we don't know what the fucking problem is. And we talking about all this, uh, we talking about oppression and racism, and these motherfuckers can't even read and write. My cousin sent me an article. And Come the, on, man. And the mom in there was blaming the school because he about to graduate, and she didn't know that he had a 0. 0.0. 0.0. About to fucking graduate. My nigga, and, and, he in a 12th grade. And, and guess what, Dame? We send these motherfuckers. Cards come out the same time right. every year. But, but check this out, y'all. We send these motherfuckers out into the world. 
And we got this sophisticated media infrastructure, this sophisticated academic university infrastructure, popular culture, Hollywood infrastructure that's willing to take that 0.0 having motherfucker into their hands and say, it ain't you. Don't worry about it. It's society. It's the white man. It's America that's oppressing you. It's America to, because they take courage to look in the mirror and say, no, nigga, it ain't none of that shit. It's me. The failure is inside your home with you. Exactly. <laughs> For your mama so, not to know you so, got a zero. Yep. So that's the long way to answer, Jay. I, I, can, I came ten, out. It's yeah. 10 feet up the hallway. I, I came out of that shit, bro. It's simple, bro. That's the long way. I'm, I'm very wordy. I'm sorry, y'all. But I, I left that shit alone when I became a man. Mm. It's that simple. Man, ultimately, man, what I what I really want um, black folks to do is um, if we're going to play in this political system, I want us to lead these political parties along, create your own, think in your mind more conservative, <laughs> but create your own political parties. If you really got something that 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 you think should be happening for you and your people, we're going to have to play that game, put some money into some lobbyists or whatever. But like our thinking, I think, should be a little more uh, conservative. And figure out what works for you. Out yeah. for that's, that's the biggest thing. Like You don't have to be stuck. We don't have to be tattooed to one party line. Figure out what what interests you, what do you want, what works best for you. You're going to give and take on either side. Yep, yep. Yeah. Do the work, man. And stop. Listen, y'all know how I felt all this time leading up to the to this election. And I ain't voted for a Democratic president ever in my life, to be perfectly honest. And I ain't voted for a Republican one either. So y'all can do the math. And I <laughs> voted. So. Right. <laughs> uh, is, so, um stop falling for this race shit that's right i know it's gonna be racist niggas in the world and guess what you cannot legislate the evil that's in somebody's heart you can't legislate that's right there's no, there's nothing that i can do to make a racist white person like me Damn, there's no man, law funny. there's no nothing i can do so some of this evil shit is gonna be there yeah. and no matter what you pass so when one particular political party is all about race and you know no matter what law you pass, it's going to be some racism. You can't get rid of racism. It's yep. natural, it's unfortunately, natural. Yeah. because it's, it's, evil was natural. Not evil is That's right. Uh, Damn, flaws James. are natural. So if you can't get rid of that, your whole political structure can't be that. Because black people, we we know our, our history in this country, right? And they know that we real sensitive to that shit. So they sell it to us and they make the other side look evil. And guess what? Maybe the, the the superpowers behind the behind the, the the scenes pulling strings. Maybe they put the worst candidates on television for for for, for, for conservative. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. if you don't like Donald Trump, maybe they put Donald Trump on there for a reason so you can get your ass away from that side. And no, uh, we got to go to we got yeah. to we got to think more more right. to the right because yeah. there's no fucking way I'm gonna agree with anything that he says. Right. So just think just that think, there are people That's who awesome. are pulling strings. Mm-hmm. And just think everything may not would be what it's yep, just be more critical, man. That's yeah. all my man trying to say. I'll start thinking shit, man. Damn. You got a music pick this week, man. Yeah, man. I, before we get into the music pick, because I mean, we went off and just did what we wanted to. Did we talk about my man and his Nike deal using his mama's corporate credit card to uh oh to, to float his, his reselling business? Yeah, so uh wait, what? So his mom is a, a Nike executive been working there 25 years. She was a Nike and, executive. Uh, she did step down. He was uh he used her American Express card to charge like $130 worth of $130,000 worth of sneakers. He got a, a a sneaker business, resale shop. 19-year-old white kid. Okay. 
Um, and they like, well, if you go to his uh his his, his Instagram page, when when a nigga get kicks, I'm talking about it's hundreds for the drop. So the shoes that you really really want, he's sitting there with like a hundred or two hundred of them, and he he do, does resale. Now, granted, they wasn't all Nike. He got Yeezys in there, that's Adidas, whatever. Okay. But the thing is, like, yo, you using your plug, and he from Oregon. Cause Nike is in Oregon, and you know what I'm saying, like shows Adidas. Is it Oregon too? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm, I didn't know that either. Um, I don't think I ever cared where Adidas was. That's fucked up. <laughs> but like, yo, this is wild. Uh, but like, hey, man, the only thing he really did was use his mom's. Cause like, when you get a bot, you gotta buy all this shit at full price. And I'm gonna buy. So he got like a team. It's like four of them. And he gave them his mom's credit card information to all four of them. So when it's time for that drop, they get online, they put their bot shit in there, and all four of them buy as many as they possibly can with the credit card number, right? And in this one particular drop, they got $130,000 worth of shit. That shit would be gone within the next week. They profited 20 grand. And I just need something to float all the product until I can re-up, essentially. You know what I'm saying? I need some money to get the re-up. And he uses mom's credit card. Now that's the stu- that. Now it's one of two ways. To look at this. One, you're a stupid fucking kid <laughs> because why would you use your mom's credit card to buy Nikes and she an executive at Nike, and right? He, and he talked to the press about yeah. this shit. You, you uh-huh. just you could have just shut the fuck up. All this Instagram pictures got his pictures blurred out. Whatever. That's one way to look at it. Like you fucked up a good thing because you used the wrong credit card. Number two is Nike been behind this resale culture this whole time because the resale market is billion dollar industry. So you sit, you buy the shoe, um, Nike released a shoe for $120 and that bitch go on sale on, on stock X's for 600, <laughs> 700, 1300, depending on the si- shoe the size. size. Yeah. So if you a Nike exec and your son buying hundreds of shoes and you marking them up five and six times the rate and you profiting all the money, it's like, yo, who knows how much fucking money you did, how, how long you've been doing this shit. So it's either Nike is the evil corporation who been doing that shit on the low or it's just a stupid kid. I mean, you're 19 years old. I don't know if I should call you a kid, but you did, 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 did something dumb. Now, he didn't break no law. It wasn't none of this shit illegal, but you got you stepped down from your job because it, it don't look right. Yeah, it, look, it looks bad. I've been seeing people on fire. If he was white, if he was black. This would be corporate espionage. Like, my nigga, no, it wouldn't be. <laughs> right. <laughs> you get you can get fired for using your employee discount and, for your kids, but you're not going to jail for it. Right. You bought the shit at full price, somebody got the, paid. The worst thing is just the imagery. Over the top. Yeah. That's that's all that is. The worst thing is just the imagery. Yeah. Uh but look, if your mom worked for Nike, would you use her discount? Especially, fuck yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah me and my niggas using that discount. I'm saying if, if if this kid was a young black you, kid, you would be mad look, at me if I had the plug and I went helping out you. If this was a young black kid who got caught, all the comments from black folks would be like, "Fuck that, that nigga started his own business. He enterprising. He doing this shit. He looking out for his friends." But I would be, I would be the shit bag friend if y'all knew I had the line on getting the J's forty percent off, but he and a, I'm just sitting on the bag. Be a white kid, and that shit broke the last day of uh, for Black History Month. So you taking this? Score L, another my nigga. one. Score another one. <laughs> you taking this L, my nigga? Uh, I did have a music pick for the music pick of the week last week. We got to sit in on a album listening party. 
from one of the homies, uh, Aunt P, dropped his new project, Frank Castle. Uh, I did the photography work on it. I, I my was going to mention that you okay. you did you did do the photography work. Shout out to Stack who did the background, I'm part the of graphics. That, yeah, but uh, and and his whole crew, Train, uh, Stack. I don't want to leave nobody. Train, Fomatic, Motizzi, Fomatic, Cloudcatchers, all them. Yeah, Cloudcatchers. I don't I don't want to leave nobody out because I don't know the whole the whole team like that. But they they came together, and put out a cohesive project for Frank Castle. My music pick of the week. You got the uh the what's the name joint? Where you see that? My music pick of the week is Amp P, Frank Castle. The name of the song that I'm really fucking with is Growth. Uh, he put. We had to run it back in the album listening because it's 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 a good pro. It's a good joint. But I, uh, P, I had the chance to listen to the whole project and shout out to the team sent me and uh, Amp P a joint that we gonna do together. And- <laughs> I pray to the Lord, I need the strength, got the world on my shoulders, walls closing in, stress hitting like a boulder, looking for answers, man, I need that closure, looking for answers through the bottle, bombing my therapist, man, that shit wild, going through these problems full throttle, thinking about my unborn child, yeah, I gotta make a better way, I know God telling me it's gonna be better days, get the bullshit out the way, fuck the drama dog, let it blame, Yeah, but shout out to the homie Amp. He was just uh, about to go. He started. He's about to get yeah, into he, it. He about, so 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 tap in and listen to the song. Yeah, it's available sure. on all streaming platforms. And you know what? Fucking pay for it. Download it and pay for it. Cause you know, creators, we deserve to get paid. So support the homie for real. Uh, but yeah, that's my music pick of the week. Yeah. Um, whose man's is this? Well, it goes to a bunch of you niggas. Uh. You know, this week, uh, Detroit vs. Everybody and Tommy Walker did a collaboration uh, with Gucci, um, a part of their um, Gucci change event. You know, they fucked up last year and they've been trying to fix different things. So they had a did a we all knew that there was a collaboration coming. Gucci dropped the collaboration um, on March 1st. Detroit vs. Everybody shirt, three hundred and ninety dollars on their website. Uh, and it caused a, a stir and uh, people were very, very upset. And um, the the whose man's is this goes to one. Get that man some love and some respect because that's a that's a giant accomplishment, whether you like Gucci or not. If you're in the fashion industry and that's a mainstay and this giant brand has been out for X amount of years, can recognize uh, a kid from Detroit um, because he built a brand himself. And, and got it out the dirt. Um, you should love him more than you hate Gucci, right? Um, the sh- his regular shirt without the Gucci logo still available on the website. So if you want the thirty five dollar version, you can still buy one. Go you buy can still that support. shit. And the, you just can't get the Gucci one. The who's man's this? Is everybody has something to fucking say? But all y'all niggas that would have something to say about it, I see y'all with them big ass ugly twelve hundred dollar shoes on <laughs> that you know ain't worth twelve hundred dollars. But y'all got a problem paying that black man three hundred. Well, 
paying $390 for that t-shirt. And then some of y'all will go buy $390 for the Gucci joint. And I feel like if you're going to go pay, pay $390 for you, maybe you should have been giving them $390 all the time. You don't need the white corporation to come in and tell you it's okay to pay the black man more money. You know what I'm saying? When you went to Gucci.com. Pay man what he worth. On probably right now, but on, on March the 1st, it was Tommy Walker. It's a black man. The day after the Golden Globes, on when you go to go to Gucci's website, I mean, their Instagram, everybody from the Golden Globes was there. Everything that they wore. So that's a high traffic day. When you go there, it was a picture of Tommy Walker in the skyline of Detroit. And that bitch say Detroit versus everybody. That's a big fucking move, man. Get that nigga some respect, man. That's a dope move. Also, when a company fuck up, and they go back and be like, no, y'all got to do better. Y'all need to, y'all need more black people in the room. They made y'all it need right. To, they made it on, right. Man, get a nigga some love. It can't be all, it, 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 it can't always be hate. Especially when it's somebody from your own. Like, how come we can't have luxury shit? Why you can't, why, why? Like, it's okay for you to buy. You know what I hate? Like, we, we quick to forgive, you know, who we want to forgive. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because I, I was having this conversation with somebody like a black business, like we don't, me and you both didn't fucked up somebody's session and we just want somebody <laughs> to genuinely forgive us and we'll make good on it, you know, because we appreciate your business and want you to come back. But people look at it like it's the death. Oh, he fucked up. I ain't never going back. Them niggas do bad. Bi- but come on, like how many times McDonald's done fucked up your order? You still go back. They still put mayonnaise on your chicken sandwich <laughs> and you tell them every time don't do it. You still go back. Um, I'm not into like that super high fashion designer shit. You know what I'm saying? For to me, like I don't I don't shop at Gucci. You know what I'm saying? So hey, I probably won't buy the $390 shirt. But because they was doing, they was hating on me. Tell me you're gonna get the uh, turtleneck with the with the lips. <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Remember that shit? Yeah. Remember that last year that the yeah, boycott that was last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't even. I'm not a sensitive nigga. I ain't with the boycott shit. But I don't know what they was thinking when they put that out, bro. Like, <laughs> but anyway, I, we, I ain't trying to change the subject. Go ahead. I mean, we ain't boycott Dragon Ball Z because Mr. Popo is blackface like yeah, a blackface like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and but I Dragon still want shit. Mr. Popo, that nigga is blackface, red lips, yellow. Ass nigga, the whole night, nigga. Anyway, uh, but listen, uh, I'm not caping for Gucci. Fuck, not fuck them, but fuck them. But if if you a designer and one of the high class fashion houses recognize you, yeah, the fact that niggas know who the fuck you are, yeah, somebody had a, a, a idea like yo. So if if Spotify is having a meeting in their boardroom and they start talking about Shop Talk podcast, whether I want to fuck with Spotify or not. Nigga, that's an accomplishment for me. Mm. That means that the shit that we started in my fucking living room with a with an iPad and a little USB microphone has then made it to billion dollar investors. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, give them the nod on that, but don't fucking hate when somebody builds something up. So, mm. in order for you to sell out, you gotta have something worth buying. How about you go create something that has value that somebody wants to that, buy that, from that, you? That boy sound like Booker T. Washington over there, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you, dog. I'm like, damn. Give the nigga some love. And nigga's first reaction now be the hate. Yeah. That be the that be the initial reaction. Like I, said, I know we lightening up the mood a little bit, but real talk, you know, that's my contribution. Because like I say, a lot of these the shit they talk about, I wasn't even. I'm not even hip to because you know, I don't, that ain't really where I, where my where my focus be, but. You know, Booker T. Washington, man. What Jay just said, what, what was that phrase you just used? If you, if you want to sell out, 
What was that? In order for you to sell out, you got to have something worth buying. Right, that's one worth buying. And Booker T. Washington's his attitude, you know what I'm saying? Like I say, a, the, a man who was born a slave, he believed that, though, you don't have to give any handouts to the black man. If the black man takes that attitude, Booker T. believed that that would eventually heal race relations in this country. If the black man proved his, you know, you, you may scoff at it, and I know it's a hard pill to swallow. It's like, man, this is the motherfucker that didn't like me, that persecuted me, that did but Booker was like, dog, if you show the white man that you are an entity of value, that will heal race relations because he ain't going to have no choice but to respect you, even if he don't like you. But you got to show him that you can be better at whatever it is that, you know, he is trying to do or what he may expect from you than he could ever imagine. But make yourself useful. Build something that build somebody, somebody want to buy. Build something that they can't build, something that they got to, you know what I'm saying? They don't have no choice but to come to you if they want it. Yeah. Also, speaking of people building something that that's worth buying, Jay Z, you know, who got into title with fifty six million dollars back in twenty fifteen, just sold it to Square uh, for two hundred and ninety seven million dollars. So, um, in order for a nigga to sell out, you got to create something worth buying. So, um, go ahead and out there and create something worth buying. So, whose man is this, y'all niggas? Fox. All right, that's it. Uh, Time for the benediction. Yeah, it? man. Chuck is normal with all our guests, man. We please go first. Give everybody they, your social media where they can find you. Can where you shout out touch you with to you. Yeah, man. Um, like I say, teach them, teach them. Like teach the word teach T E A C H. Teach them E M. You know, shorthand for them, right? Louis Bonics. Teach them Chuck, man. I said so. I just got one. I just got an Instagram page. Instagram page. That's you got it. No Twitter. I ain't got no Twitter, bro. You know the thing about it is, though, you, you I would love Twitter, though. Yeah. Man, I never see the thing. Here's the thing, bro. I never wanted to get into social media, man. I was kind of put pulled into it, kicking and screaming. Okay. You know what I mean? They're like, nigga, hey, you got something that you know valuable, something that people need to hear, bro. You need to get put yourself out here. So when my partner came to me like, with the idea of doing this podcast, he like, man, you got to get a social media profile, at least get an Instagram. So I started doing this shit, and you know, um, it is what it is, dog. Okay. Okay. I'm uh, teach to, underscore m underscore chuck. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm encouraged the people to check out your page because just yes, just today, you have posted a, oh, a good dialogue about, about the differences between men and women, and you talked about the young lady that had the uh, the feminist dating website. Yeah. Like, if you're a feminist, we don't. She said we don't we want, want you on our dating site. Yeah, man, it's crazy, man. This may be the one, dog, because I I, I, did, I recorded that earlier on today. And so far, man, I done got so many likes and I done got like 20 new followers since earlier. Day. All women, not one guy, all women. You know what I'm saying? And and, and, and like I say. I got uh, something. We're going to talk offline. I got something for you. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. man, men, men and women are, are, are not equal. That's 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 the, 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 the premise. So, you know what I'm saying? If you got the stomach, if you got the heart, you got the stones to sit through and hear you know the points that I make, man. You know, put put, put yourself up to the challenge. It's a podcast in itself. Uh, it's, <laughs> it is. Show. It is. It's your man Dame Gone Wild on Instagram. Dame Gone Wild on IG. Just drop that I at me. I'll talk back. Uh, when you see the blue and the black, you know where you at. It's Shop Talk Podcast. The brand is strong. Yo, man, two hundred fifty straight weeks. Shout out to Chuck for stepping through, man. We might we'll we'll have you back at some time, man. Absolutely. It's gonna be some shit that that. Yeah. Um, that's gonna have to come from somebody other than me, cause like niggas hear me talking shit all the time, but sometimes you gotta hear from a um a second voice. There's more, y'all. There's more, y'all out there. 
Yes, for sure. Um, I appreciate that. Appreciate y'all for checking in with us, man. Um, as Dame said, when you see the blue and the black, you know where you at. Shop Talk Podcast Studio. Book some time. I'm not saying read a Rockefeller podcast, but we are Jane Dame. Hell yeah. Peace. Peace.